Hey, uh, welcome to uh, Gravity Lab Roll. Ah, you forgot. I did it again. I did it two day, two two weeks in a row. Oops, I did it again. I'm gonna remember that next time. Yeah, maybe I should just create two different albums. I I I, I remembered that I was gonna not do that, but then as soon as I switched the video view and all of the microphone volumes, I forgot. Ah, whatever. We'll fix it, man. We'll figure it out one way or the other. So, uh, Raul, welcome to Gravity Lab Radio. Thank you, guys. This is where Nick and I, this is our clubhouse. This is our boys club. This is where we hang out and act like idiots. Um, <laughs> really kind of kind of a fun Let's, time. As usual. <laughs> as usual, yeah. So just in a different place. Um, people who are watching this live, people who are listening to those on... <laughs> See, now you're going to be distracted by what's going on up there. Those who, who, who are listening to this podcast on your phones, this podcast... Uh, uh, for me, comes in very good timing. You and I have spoke for about three, three and a half, four weeks now about getting together for a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about the strife in Venezuela. And I don't think strife is the right word. I think the fucked up situation in Venezuela is the right word. And I think the timing comes out to be really perfect because in the last about month, Awareness has grown significantly to what's going on in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. I've seen more on certain news networks. Uh, I watch a couple independent news networks, and I've seen them talking about it more, people talking about the economy. But for us skydivers, it became interesting because recently the Red Bull team started training uh, some jumpers in Venezuela. And if you're on Facebook, if you're on social media, you know all about this. And I don't want to talk about if what they're doing is right or what they're doing is wrong. We don't have enough facts, man. We don't know what these guys did. We don't go with these guys. No, we, we don't know any of that. But I told you earlier, I'm so happy the Red Bull guys showed up to Venezuela to train jumpers. And I've had friends tell me, what the, what really, DJ, that's stupid. Why would you be happy? How many of our friends are talking about Venezuela today because of that incident, man? Yeah, because of that happening? A, a lot of people. Yeah, so you are. Venezuela is your home country. You're not talking about um, Venezuela from a third-person point of view. You're not talking about Venezuela because you love the country. You are talking about Venezuela because you are. It's right here. Dude, your shirt. my blood. You're wearing your Latin love right there, man. (laughs) Um, God, man, it's... I, you've told me stories in the past when we've gone out to dinner. We had Japaneros one night, and I love that place, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you told us, told me some stories. You've told me stories at the DZ, but recently I started watching videos, and, and I just I want to throw out some facts there for people who don't know this. Venezuela is is on the north of South Africa. It's, it's the north end of the continent. South continent. America. South America. Wrong country. Come on, DJ. Come on, DJ. Did you say <laughs> South Africa? South Africa. Oh, man. So, Nick, would you like to tell us more about I, where... Yeah. This actually was on my list of things to ask about. Just be... Oh, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Let, Here we go. <laughs> so, this was on my thing, my right. list of things to talk about because so many people are really bad at, at geography. And, yeah. you know, there well, are plenty of people who couldn't identify a lot of states in the U.S. on a map, let alone well, another country. Or continent yeah. for me. So, so, how far away is Venezuela? From uh, from where we are here in Texas, and uh, where at in the world is it? Just just so people who have, may have no idea. Understand. Well, if you if you 
If you go to Miami, it's about like a two-hour flight uh, from Miami. Uh, I don't know how exactly the distance. And there's there. a pretty big population of Venezuelans it's in Miami. It's about 30 well. million. No, but in in Miami, how many? In Miami, yeah. There's a lot Lots of Latin of them, right? people and a lot of Venezuelan people living in Miami. Just because it's close? It's close. Okay. This is really close to Venezuela. And Venezuela is located geographically uh -huh. uh, in a really, really nice spot. It's in the north of the South America, the north side of South America. It's uh, between uh, Colombia and Guyana. And uh, on the south is Brazil. And on the north is the Caribbean Sea and the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, does and, uh, the... Did you, hear, did you hear the Caribbean Sea? Caribbean yeah. Sea. Caribbean Sea. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't brown. That's a good hand. Is that what you're saying? Is it true that the equator runs through Venezuela? No. The no. equator is a little bit below. A little bit below Venezuela. Yeah. Okay. We at least you were it. on the right continent. I was in South Africa, <laughs> man. Whatever. South Africa. Um, Venezuela, for people who haven't looked at it, landmass is a little bit larger than if you combine Oklahoma and Texas. I actually looked up the math. I laid them over each other, and Oklahoma and Texas combined plus half of Oklahoma, again, is a landmass. Yeah. If so, you... Sorry to interrupt. No, no, go for it, man. If, uh, uh, Venezuela is about 900,000 uh, kilometers, uh, square kilometers, right? Is that right? What's a kilometer? Square kilometers. <laughs> this is America? And, I don't yeah. know if you knew that. Well, I don't we know. We don't speak kilometers. We don't use the same language that Get every used other to country it. on Get the planet used uses. It. Sorry. <laughs> we're, sticking, we're sticking to this whole feet thing. Feet, miles. Well, just to compare it in square kilometers, and Texas is 600,000 square kilometers. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's a Texas and a half. Kind, kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Not quite, very close. Actually, that's probably the closest description. It's not quite. Mm -hmm. I want to say 368,000 square miles, but you have a magic box in front of you. Wikipedia knows these answers. I don't know what we, that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never even heard of the internet. A population of 31 million people. That was the last census was 31 mm -hmm. million people. Mm -hmm. But I think that population is dwindling. Um, I found this out last night, yesterday. I think, Nick, you learned this today. Venezuela has recently surpassed every other country. Venezuela is number one in U.S. asylum requests. No other country is requesting asylum more than Venezuela. Who knows that? I wonder why. I didn't know that until yesterday, but yet I've heard all your stories. I, I was I heard this the same fact and was super surprised that that China. I think they said was it forty times the pop? No, wait, I forget the times. So, but China is so much bigger, and yeah, but China is in second place. Yeah, yeah, with with a way 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 larger population. I'll find po uh, China's population. Your tiny country versus China is, is a huge difference and a huge deal, and but yet that tiny country is the number one people. Pay attention to that fact. Pay attention to that statistic. One of the smaller countries in the world, and you guys are number one in asylum requests? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Venezuela has 31 million people. China has 1.37 billion people. Jesus Christ. And there are more people trying to uh, escape to the U.S. Because from, there's from a Venezuela. lot of people getting uh, threats, getting yeah. kidnapped. Their life is in danger. Get, get that mic a little more up on your mouth. There we go. Life, their life are in danger, mm -hmm. and they're suffering for all that kind of stuff. They need to do something about it, and the only way they can do something is leave the country. And uh, we have a uh, United States to ask for asylum, asylum, and uh, that's the only way. Otherwise, I, you need to face uh, 
what we're facing in there. I'm still not hearing you very well. Put that right in between you and DJ. Basically, like, think about moving it right between us everywhere you move. Right here. Oh, okay. Yeah, right that here? sounds great. Yeah. This Good. is your best right friend. There, but right then here. when you turn to talk to DJ. Caribbean. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you actually, you'll notice when I talk to I keep my hand here a lot because I do a lot okay, of good. this going on. So you can be like totally Axl Rose, like, welcome to the... No, you don't want to sing. I, wanna, uh, I really want to talk a, a, um, about Venezuela, about uh, how beautiful is Venezuela, why why we are having what we have in Venezuela. What the, A little bit of the story hey, of hold Venezuela on. so you might understand. Leaving it that size, Nick, is perfect. Oh, we had you, a full you, screen you a second right? ago. Okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, that gives me the messages as well. Like, for example, uh, Lynn, uh, Gwen from the deli says hello to, to both hello. of us. Hello, yeah. Gwen. So it's cool. <laughs> Didn't say hello to me. It's cool. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck Nick. Um, dude, as beautiful as Venezuela was for many years of my life, I knew one thing about Venezuela. Angels fall. Angel, Angel falls. falls. Yeah. One of the tallest, no, no, not one of the tallest waterfall in the world, if I yes, remember right. Exactly. Um, 3,000 feet. Tom Hi. Sanders and his ex-wife Jan, I say ex-wife, his, his passed away wife, his, his, uh, he's a widow. Uh, Jan Myers, they used to arrange uh, base expeditions. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I knew. And I always knew it was a beautiful country. And I always wondered why all my Venezuelan friends were moving to America because everything I've seen, video and picture of your country is, you should be there. It's gorgeous. You know that Venezuela is uh, one of the top 10 bi- uh, highest biodiversities on the world? It's actually number seven in biodiversity. Yeah. And if you don't know what that means, it's uh, the number of species, the number of animals. The ecology of Venezuela runs from the Brazilian rainforest to the Caribbean you say it better than I do, so much sexier. Um, and then, of course, from those two countries. And so the biodiversity, it's number seven in the world. Yeah. Again, a small country and has the seven most yeah. uh, number of species of animals in the planet. Mm-hmm. That says It's world. amazing. It's amazing. I mean, it's, in a small country. it's a small country, yeah. but it's so rich. And let me tell you a little bit about it. Um, we have so many things in, in Venezuela. We have the coast... We have uh, so many beaches, beautiful beaches in Venezuela. We have an island, uh, Margarita Island. Margarita Island is yes. so beautiful. And everybody goes there just to party a lot, to buy goods, to buy clothes, and uh, just to spend uh, vacations and everything. It's so beautiful. Everything that you want to do, you can do it there. You can kite surfing. We have the third uh, beach for kite surfing and windsurfing in Margarita Island. The third beach in the world for that, and uh, it's an amazing place. And the amazing. women, amazing. Well, las chicas bonitas. Uh, chicas bonitas in oh, Venezuela. Oh man, Venezuelan women. Oh, yeah. they're beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful. I actually, beautiful. They're really I dated beautiful. a Venezuelan girl for a short period, and thanks to Raúl's suggestion, I took her to the to the perfect uh, Colombian restaurant. But Raúl <laughs> helped the brother out right there. There you go. I'm and into skinny uh, white girls. I love you, Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> Also, we have uh, uh, the Tortuga Island, the Tortuga Island, Tortola Island. Pe- people skydive into that island, right? Oh my Those gosh, are the videos I've seen. I skydive there. I, we did a 33 way uh, on, um, uh, right there on the t- uh, Tortola, Tortuga Island. It's so beautiful. It's aphrodisiac. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's flat, it's uh, so beautiful. When you can see it, when you see it from 14,000, it looks like a, from the moon. Like a, it's like a you're looking at the moon. It's, it's amazing. It's surrounded by crystal water. There's no any kind of civilization. Nothing. No hotel. Nothing like that. It's just a little piece of a 
of uh, we call it like a little houses made mm -hmm. of bamboo with the fisher fishermen's <clears throat> and then when you land when you get there with your boat or whatever they just uh, sell uh, your their uh, fish and they clean it and cook it for you it's it's amazing and besides that you have the archipelago los roques which is a, a national park Say that one more time. Archipelago Los Roques. Archipelago. I, I don't know how to say Archipelago. That. Archipelago. There yeah. you go. Los Roques, which is Los 160 Roques. kilometers in front of the north coast of Venezuela. It's 300 islands and calles right there, surrounded by lagoons and water, uh, crystal water. It's so beautiful. You cannot imagine that that place exists. Here's the hard part for everything you're telling me. I've been invited before to go to Venezuela to, to do some skydiving, to train some courses. It's not always worked out, but I've been told if you go, you go with us. You go where we go. You don't. It's a protected thing. So you're telling me of this very beautiful country, but you're telling me I can't really go visit it safely. But now I don't think it's safe. But long time ago when we were safe. I always took my friends to all those, yeah. all those places. And in the future, <laughs> we will do it again. We are going to do it. We're going to free Venezuela. Yeah. You will see. Hey, Raul, We're working just because really I want people to hear you. That, that, that mic, you keep peeking over the side of it. Go oh, my gosh. Push it, push it just a little bit more to your right. Like yeah, maybe, actually maybe. Aim, it, aim the mic straight at me. See how my mic's in line with uh, you right and I? Oh, yeah. Right there? Yeah. Okay, like this? Oh, you got there it. There you oh, go. Right yeah. There. Yeah, yeah, now you're Chuck now Akers. You're now you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Chuck. <laughs> um, I actually don't know if Chuck's ever joined us. I hope okay, he has. Good. If not, what's up, All Chuck? Right. Uh, he's the real professional with radio microphones. We're just wannabes. But uh, <laughs> we're having a lot more fun drinking while we're doing it. So speaking so of drinking. Also in Venezuela, we have the, uh, the mountain, uh, the Andes Mountain. Starting the, Ande, the, the mountains, uh, Andes Mountains. Start from Venezuela. I had no idea they were that far north. Oh, yeah. It yeah. Start from there, here. goes to Colombia, then Ecuador, then Bolivia, then uh, Peru, uh, uh, Chile, and Argentina. See, and start right from there. So we have mountains, big mountains right there. So it's basically the entire co the entire coast. It basically starts in the mid-north mm -hmm. and then stretches all the way down to the west coast, the Andes Mountains. Does. Exactly. Right there. Do you all guys right? have volcanoes? No, I don't think we have volcanoes. I don't remember. I'm not sure. I need yeah, yeah. to. I Nothing active then. Yeah. I don't remember, really. If, I ha if we have a shame on me that I don't remember that. Do you like a drink? No, thank you. Okay. And also we have the Angel Falls, which is, uh, man, it's so beautiful. It's an amazing, that's in Canaima, the Northern National Park, which is in the west, southwest of the, uh, southeast, sorry, southeast of the country. And uh, we have the, uh, which is the highest waterfall in the world, 3,000 feet. And like you were saying, people can do base jumping from there. And, but you need to ask permission to the indigenous or the Indians in order to get to go there. And they need to ask permission to the gods in order to get there and, and, and do base jumping, right? Yeah. And also you have that the tepuyas. The tepuyas are uh, like a long mesas, right? Yeah, yeah. They are really, really high, like 8,000 feet high or 9,000 feet high and extend for kilometers. Beautiful, and the vegetation on top is way different than the vegetation on the ground. Sure, it's beautiful, and Tepui means the house of gods. 
Because they're all up there in the heavens. Right there in yeah. the heavens. It's amazing. It's beautiful. So we have one, at least 100 tepuyas in Venezuela. Like 10,000 rivers. I mean, everything is in Venezuela. It's in, in such a small country. But it's not just that. We, have, we are so rich. Not because of this biodiversity or because of this... Uh, climate or because of these uh, things that we're talking about is because of the minerals that we have in Venezuela. Uh, we were talking about that uh, earlier on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have uh, <coughs> uh, iron, we have coil, we have uh, uh, aluminum, we have um, uh, bauxite, we have uh, gold, gold, we have diamonds, we have everything in Venezuela. And also we have, of, co of course, uh, petroleum. We have oil. Some people don't realize it. Here in Houston and in Texas, we're in an oil-rich area, and a lot of people realize once upon a time, Venezuela was, and probably still is, a large exporter to the U.S. Things have kind of changed, but Venezuela is the has the largest oil reserve in the world. In the world. And I look at the people living in Dubai, and people in Dubai are living like kings. Why? Because they got a lot of that oil, mm -hmm. and y'all got more than that. Well, let me tell you some numbers. So just to yeah, have no, an idea. I like them. United States have uh, in reserve oil like at 35 million, 35,000 billion uh, barrels in reserve oil, right? Yeah. That's U United States. Uh -huh. Canada has like uh, 176 billion barrels in reserve, reserve oil. Then that's the third one. The second one is uh, Saudi Arabia with 260-something um, thousand uh, million barrel, uh, billion barrels. And then Venezuela with 300,000 billion barrels. Imagine What's they, the number in the United States know, again? That we know. Yeah, yeah, because we don't know. There, there's a lot there's being a hidden lot in that, that country. There's a lot that we discover. So I wonder why a lot of people are interested in putting their hand in Venezuela, you know, yeah. because it's so rich, so rich. And with all these things that we're talking about, and man, that's why they wanted to. And it's not just that. We have coffee. The coffee. We have uh, cocoa. Co yeah. Good we chocolate. We call it cacao. 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 That's the way, the cacao. proper way to say it. Cacao. And the good the, chocolate's you know, cacao. The, the basis from, from chocolate that we used to export. I don't know now. Export to all the European countries to make a good cacao, but the real, the, uh, to make a chocolate, chocolate. Yeah. But they basically came from, come from our country. So. You better fix that microphone roll. <laughs> <laughs> I need to put it right here on my mouth. Just, it's just when you turn to DJ, I start losing you. But uh, I wanted to ask, I've, I've heard people talk about the cartels in Venezuela. Uh, so are, are there drugs produced in Venezuela? Well, not that I know. <laughs> yeah, of course, in Colombia. In I mean, Venezuela. Is, it, is it like a big cocaine? Like I know that Colombia is Colombia, notorious for we, cocaine. We share, but, uh, is it, the is frontier it is right there. You know, is the jungle is right there. Of course, so that they they produce cocaine, but I, uh, I'm not for sure. I, I I know what I read. You know, I, I guess my what question was whether or not drugs are connected to the bigger problem in Venezuela. Of course. Yeah, there's um. Oh gosh, I try, I'm trying to remember his name right now, but there was one of the generals 
um, who is, he's a drug czar. I, I mean, all mm-hmm. the drugs move and come and, and, and move through the country, whether they're being produced there or not, through one of the big generals in the military. And of course, he's got so much control over local law enforcement because, because of that. It's something, so you tell me about how beautiful, and I want to hear more of this, but how, how beautiful and how rich this country is, and people will hear this and they'll think, oh my God, man, Venezuela is so awesome. Man, the last number that I saw in 2016, unemployment was at 66%. Unemployment is at 66%. And if you look at the economy of Venezuela since 2013, and we'll get to the importance of that year, because that year is a very important year in your history, I believe. In 2013, everything has tanked. I mean, it's problems right before that. Mm -hmm. But since 2013, you look at all the numbers. Unemployment's gone down. Inflation is at about 1,000% right now. If I want to buy a meal for my family, if I want to provide for a month of food for my family, I have to work for a year and a half to provide a month's worth of food. $400 for just enough cheese to give a sprinkle of cheese to your kid. Not a bunch of cheese. What was it, 100 grams, Nick? I think she said between one and two hundred grams is what she was 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 putting on there. And they know that's what they were getting. And at our inflation rates, it's like four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars for one to two hundred grams of cheese. So here's this beautiful country. Here's this rich, rich Mm -hmm. country. Mm -hmm. And and you know, money's rich one thing, but people, man, I've not met a Venezuelan who doesn't have a rich personality, who isn't just anything but by but vivacious. And yet 66% 66% unemployment. People are not eating. They can't get bread. They can't get the staples. If you go to markets and grocery stores, food's everywhere. But inflation, not all, all places, but in some places in those big cities, food's everywhere. But the inflation and the prices of those foods, nobody can afford. Where in Venezuela? In parts of Venezuela, they'll actually show stores. In just a small parts of Venezuela, of the rich you cities. can find some basic food. Yes, but, but, but you can't afford it if you can. You can't afford it. You so not only can it. you not afford it, something we talked about earlier is, Nick, Nick, do you have, you know what, hold on, let me grab my notepad. I have the name of this here. I would really encourage people to uh, Google BBC, Our World Going Hungry in Venezuela 2016. BBC did a documentary on Venezuela. It's about 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And the things you're going to see out of this, people are eating out of the trash. Now, I don't think a That's homeless exactly man what's happening now. should eat out of the trash mm-hmm. in my neighborhood. I just don't think it. But you said it earlier at dinner. People like you and I, people like our friends listening to this podcast, are eating out of the trash. You but go. your country's so rich. Where the hell is all this money going, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, They're stealing all the money. The people from the government are stealing all the money, and they just spend it in for their all wealth and uh, to send their kids outside the country and just to uh, sponsor their revolution. They call it revolution for whatever, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> uh, uh, Cuban revolution. And I need to talk a little bit about this and how we get to this uh, Cuban revolution. Let's, hold on one second. I got to, because you and I, you say these people, and we've referred more than once to the people are stealing the money. The They're government. Ho- Okay, that's what we need the to get down. Yeah. The government. So right now, Madero is president. 
Maduro. Maduro. Uh-huh. Maduro. Yeah, Maduro is president. It's not Maduro. It's Maduro. Maduro. Yep. M-A-D- <laughs> Maduro. And it's even spelled Maduro. with a U. It's not as old as no. Maduro. Uh, Maduro was actually, Chavez was president, elected president in 98, if I remember correctly. And um, a bunch of history. And I'm going to ask you about that history. Yeah. And in his last term, that last year, he appointed himself, Maduro, say it right that time, mm-hmm. Maduro, <laughs> um, as his vice president. I'm, I hate that guy. But yeah. It's okay. Okay, cool. I thought I, was, I thought you were gonna mock my Mexican. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, did you just say Mexican? Raul, do I speak Spanish? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Ra- Raul tells me all the time, you don't speak Spanish, you speak Mexican. Because if you listen, one day no, at the DZ, that's not true. One, one day at the DZ, I will go out. And you'll understand where he's at. I hear that Mexican Spanish. All yeah, right, I get it. Yeah, I grew up in San Diego, so I, I really get a big uh, Max Mexican background. Um, so the last year uh, Chavez was president, 2012, 2013, yeah. he appointed Maduro as uh, his vice president. And yeah. then Chavez passed away in 2013. And 2012, really, but they said it was in 2013. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then... And At the end, December 2012, but they said it was 2013 s- to keep it hide, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to tell you about it, but yeah. That, that shows so much of the hiding because every number and every statistic I find, I believe you over that, what mm-hmm. I've just read. Mm-hmm. And he, he remained the president until the next election. And... It's amazing. So by law, by legal status, Venezuela is a democracy. But it it's is not. not. It's not. It's a fucking dictatorship. You guys With have a mask of a democracy. You've guys got the Latin Hitler going on right exactly. now. Exactly. That's exactly what's going on. And even I would say it is it's, yeah, it's close to be that. Let me tell you something. Yes. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, how we get into this uh, mess that we have in Venezuela. Um, Back in the 1960s, we belong to the uh, Organization of uh, uh, American States, right? Uh, You know that the organization is for the American American states. The Americas. Americas, uh, American states, right? Yeah. That all the all the countries that live in this wonderful continent, right? And uh, in 1960, 1962, I believe, but I don't remember, but if I remember well, uh, Fidel Castro wanted to put his hand in Venezuela because all this, you know, that we're talking about, all this yeah, all money. The, all the natural riches all, that are there, yeah? Yeah. And uh, he, his plan was always to invade Venezuela and, uh, you know, possess Venezuela and, you know, have all the money, all the money from the oil and everything to just to expand his uh, revolution, right? Yeah. And uh, he intent and he tried to do that. And uh, he put, uh, he sent a couple of times uh, Cuban uh, soldiers to Venezuela and actually, they get in Venezuela and kill uh, Venezuelan soldiers and people who work on the field, and they shoot at once the wall and everything. And so we have a little bit of a couple of years. Finally, we uh, uh, don't remember the, the 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 year. I think it was in 1968. They sent Cuba sent uh, two boats to one of the island, one of the beaches, Machurucuto uh, Beach. It was uh, really famous that that uh, 
thing that happens there uh, with a couple of uh, uh, army guys from from um, Cuba. When they, how you say, disembark? They, yeah, they get disembark. Out. Disembark. disembark. Perfect. One of the guys from the region, from the area, saw that, and they he reported to the police. And they reported, hey, there's guys coming, you know, from, I don't know. So they noticed that they were from some place, and they were start to following them. And they, uh, they killed them all, all except two. Right? And these two guys were Cuban. And they present these two guys as a proof to the uh, organization of uh, American states. And, of course, Cuba was fired for this organization because this is our organization is for all these states that are here, the countries that are here in this organization is to claim for justice, claim for sovereignty, claim for independence, claim for democracy, and and to help cooperate for each other. And Cuba was outside that line. And with this proof, he wa uh, Cuba was uh, expelled or fired. Expelled, perfect word. So uh, the plan for Fidel Castro, his plan to invade Venezuela at that point, couldn't happen. He didn't succeed, right? Okay. So years happens. And then we have this president Venezuela. We have a solid democracy with, you know, solid democracy with, uh, you know, a lot of things that happen in Venezuela. We have, of course, in every system we have corruption, you know? Yeah. We have corruption in Venezuela and people were tired of the corruption. And we have this uh, teniente coronel. It's like a lieutenant. Lieutenant colonel. Colonel. Yep. That <coughs> he performed and he did a military coup against this president. He didn't succeed, but about 100 people got killed, right? And uh, way more got hurt, and that was Hugo Chavez. So th this is the 2003 coup? This was in 1992. Okay, wait a minute. Oh, no, no, Chavez was part of that original coup. He was the leader of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I'm so catching up. they, of course, they put it in jail in prison, and uh, a lot of people were, in a way, supporting him because we have a lot of corruption, and they say, well, we need a guy with cojones to, you know, to do this, and he was the guy who can uh, do something about it. Uh, Chavez was going to be our hero. He was going to be our he savior. He was like a hero at that point, but yeah. he was in jail, and a lot of people where visit him at, at the prison and they, you know. And uh, one of the guys who was visiting him at the prison was uh, Nicolás Maduro. And a lot of people who works in the government now went mm -hmm. to visit Chavez at the prison. Well, uh, then we have elections for another president and this president, Caldera, I don't know why, what was the reason? But he was a stupid, a big mistake. What what year is this? I think it was in two thousand. Um, sorry, in nineteen ninety four. Okay. Uh, he pardoned him. Ninety three or not? Uh, ninety four. Okay. He spent two years in jail. Okay. Um, Chavez. And he got this president got Chavez out of jail. Out of jail. Okay. Pardoning. We call it indulto. 
is uh, just one person can do that is the president. We have a similar thing here at the yeah. end of a presidential term. It's a presidential pardon. Like, man, Raul's a good dude. He didn't mean to screw up. You're pardoned. You're good to go. Yeah. And so what was his president's name again? I, I know I've read this name. Caldera. Rafael Caldera. Caldera. Rafael Caldera. So he uh, pardoned him. So mm. big, big, big mistake. He out of jail. And that's, of course, a lot of people were happy because he was out of jail. And then all these years they were... He went to Cuba, I believe. And but th this is still Chavez who you're Chavez. talking about. Chavez. Okay. We're talking about Chavez. Okay. So he, wait a minute. You're saying, and I'm, I'm, these are a lot of my questions because Chavez to some people is a hero. Yeah. And early on in his presidency, if you looked in the surface level, you would probably see that. But I think as we look in deeper... I have questions. So Chavez, you say it's a mistake. Chavez really isn't the hero that some people make him out to be. Yeah. I mean, Chavez's fucking face is all over yeah. uh, Venezuela. I mean, you yeah. look at, I don't know what the favela is called or well, however you say that in Brazil, but you guys have a similar thing with yeah. the barrio there. Los, that's, Los Ranchos. Los Ranchos. ranchos. Mm -hmm. And you can see his picture all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't it seem like that's like a big sign of there's a shithead in control. I mean, Hitler was that way. Saddam Hussein was that way. Anybody who's Kim got Jong -un their that face way. on a big image, kind of like you do on your shirt right now. <laughs> hey, we're going to talk about that shirt later. Hang on. <laughs> so, okay. So he pardoned him, and that's a big mistake. Okay, that was a big mistake. So he get out of jail. A lot of people were happy. And he went to, uh, you know, those years, they, he, I think he went to Cuba. And, uh, you know, Fidel Castro was, you know, molding him, you know. And okay. some people say that it was way before that that Fidel Castro was already talking to, to him, but we don't know that. Him again know? being Chavez. Yeah. So yeah. Chavez was Fidel Castro's way into Venezuela. Yeah. Okay. So, I see. I didn't hear of any of that. The, okay. The yeah, stuff that you, I watched. No, no. You will see. He's gonna get into. Yeah. You're it. opening I mean, this up really good oh, for yeah, me, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, most most of what I watched today, it seemed like most of the people of Venezuela were, were still painting him out to be a hero. That they still were saying, you know. Chavez gave us all, you know, all this money. He was investing money back into Venezuela, and they all held him pretty high. Yeah. And I thought that uh, because there were so many pictures of Chavez and uh, Maduro, am I saying it right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Better than DJ. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of. Uh, they were just trying to put Maduro in a lot of places where he would just kind of piggyback onto the image of of Chavez. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I this is the first I've heard of him being a bad dude. I guess. Well, who? Chavez. Oh, Chavez always be, was a bad dude, but okay. we never knew that. Oh, well, at the beginning, we all knew that, but uh, he was showing who, who was Chavez, who was really, he, who he was really later on, you know? Yeah. So, <clears throat> Chavez was like, a, in those four years, he, uh, he was like a, getting ready to run for president. All right, who would say that he was going to be president after being in jail? And he decided to run for president, and guess what? He won. He that won. That was in 1998. Uh, uh, yeah, but wait a minute, I want to ask this question. He won, and I use air bunnies if you're not watching this and just listen. I use air quotes. He won. 
do you really think he won that election? I think so. Okay, we'll talk more about that statement later on. And just for those listening, what we'll get to is the corruption in the election process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're not at the corruption in the election process yet. yet. We're going to get okay. to that. So now he's president in 1998. In 1998, he, 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 uh, he, the, uh, he um, become president or uh, of the, uh, how do you say, he uh, take the, the, the charge. Yes. He took On, office. The to, took office, sorry. Okay. Took office in 1999, uh, at the beginning of 1999. Elected 98, took office. Yeah. Not, okay. And then Man. immediately he decided to change the Constitution. Okay? Of course, to change the Constitution, you need to ask the people if they agree to change the constitution mm-hmm. and in, in you need to say what are, what do you want to change for the constitution it was a completely change to extend the ter- the term for the presidency from Moved 4 to years six. to 6 years yeah. that was the first thing he did yeah and yeah. be able to be to re-elect. no term limits no uh, yeah two terms so he he uh, he eventually changed it to 4 years to 6 years and eventually changed it to no term limit so yeah. a president can be president I'll tell you when I'm done running this country life. all right yeah exactly. yeah exactly and he did it and he won again so he was able to change the constitution I mean, do you believe that those are legitimate elections? Do the you think he's actually one, being elected, know. or do you think it's all fixed? Because I'm a huge conspiracy theorist. You could convince me that any election is I'm, rigged. I'm okay, kind of like you, and I have my doubts. Well, because he, <laughs> with with Chavez, uh, eleven elections, okay, and uh, I think one of them just uh, uh, he lost, and the rest uh, he won all of them. So but, ten uh, out of eleven. Know, every that's not time, bad. every time that he won an election, they wait until the last minute on the really late at night, like at two or three in the morning. So everybody was sleeping when they showed their results, and everybody was because of the polls were saying something, and then they were saying other thing, and they just flipped the results. So there was a lot of controversy about that. I don't, I don't have the, 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 you know, the, the, the proof, evidence. But I think they, they will, ch- they, they change. So I just want to be clear about this because we, we've had this conversation a lot. You believe the last few elections, if not more than that, but the last few, and I don't think just you. A lot of people in Venezuela believe that the election results are falsified. That you know, one of the ways you're saying it is basically the role, results are roll one, DJ lost. We want DJ as president, so we flip the results. We yeah. just flip the numbers. Yeah. Um, that's it's and that then blows you need my to mind. Try to to prove, and they they always do something. In order not to prove the complete thing, so they always have a doubt. Do he really want? No. One thing that I've heard a lot of my Venezuelan friends say is being in America makes you happy because of what you can do and what you have. Being in America scares you because you're seeing America follow the footsteps of Venezuela. You know, who won the presidency for real? How many elections have we had recently? And I don't know if they're flipping our elections. I'm not saying they are. But there's definitely doubts and people aren't proving things. So a whole other story we might chase in a little bit. But you've told me before, and I think you have. I know other Venezuelans have. Dan, Daniel Angulo has. Uh, we're chasing Venezuela's footsteps, so to speak. Yeah, it's, it's really similar. Yeah. The way Chavez 
spoke mm -hmm. to the country when he was running for president the first time, it was similar to what's going on now. It was really similar. And the people, they were like a, a snake chanter. Wow, that's exactly what we want. This is wow, the way he speaks to the politician. Yes, that's what we want. There's a lot of similarities, you know? So for us that we are here, Venezuelan, that we saw this happening in our country, and then we see this kind of stuff here, we have our, you know, mm. a little, you know, uh, something here that say, oh, I hope this is not going to happen here, you know? So a lot of people probably don't realize it, and I only know what I've been learning, so you're going to have to help correct me if I'm wrong here. But I think people need to, people will wonder because, you know, Nick sees Chavez as a hero based off what we've seen on things. I knew a little bit more because of conversations we had. Mm -hmm. So as I look into the same videos now and look at the videos we watched today. And again, folks, look at that BBC video. That's just a great start. Um, if you know what you know now, Nick, can you see where Chavez is? not quite the hero where he started off as a hero and then became a villain. You saw me take a bite of food just now, didn't you? I did, man. Nick started eating, he, so I wanted to call him out on his quest bar. Is that a quest no, bar? It is a quest bar. Did it's, you heat uh, it up first? No, I didn't, but it's uh, banana nut muffin. Do you, how do you like it? It's pretty good. I told you the that other day. That was my first one. bite, and you just ruined <laughs> it with this conversation. Dude, banana. Um, so people need to understand, why did Chavez look like a hero? And, and I'll kind of introduce this, but I really want you to explain it. And... One of the things that I understand, and again, help me out here, is I'm going to help the poor. I'm going to help the needy. That's exactly you're saying it now. And he did, he did put things in. But the thing that people didn't look at is what you're implementing now. What are the long-term results? Everybody looked at the short-term benefits and nobody looked at the long-term results. Yeah. He, he, he got so much popularity because he talked to the people the way the people wanted to Hear it. Hear it. Yeah. Are you saying that he talked to dumb people like they were dumb people? Like came down to that level? Kind of like mean? that. Okay. If I know how, what do you want to hear, I'm going to tell you about it. Okay. I guess that does make a lot more sense with what I... Most of the people who are talking in, in the videos that I watch are pretty poor people. Yeah. So I can see that you know those are the people who thought that they were benefiting. And that, uh, you know, maybe he had, he had a short-term plan to win the favor of the people, but a long-term plan to... Steal yeah. it all back. So he, the people were, at that point, the people were uh, concerned about all these politicians. They were making money and they were struggling, uh, not as much as now at that point. And uh, of course, they, he was saying, "We are. I'm gonna fight the corruption. I'm gonna eliminate this corrupting politician. I'm gonna fry them in a span." You know, with a really violent, uh, and they say, "I like it. This is not a politician. This is the that this is the one that that you know." I this, think he should, talks the way we talk because we wanted to fry them. We wanted to, you know. And, I think that uh, should be a sign, though, man. I don't care if my government, if my president, if my people, if whoever I'm voting for, are agreeing with me when they speak with violence. I think that's a bad sign no matter what they sign. say. That's a bad sign, and we learned that in the hard, the hard way. But I hope my friends here in America, I hope my friends in other countries and, and our friends who listen to this wherever can understand, man. Yeah. I don't care if you agree with a person or not. Yeah. When they speak with violence, yeah. there's a sign of, of darkness in their heart. Yeah. So what, what, what he did, he divided the people of Venezuela. He divided the poor from the rich. 
he's tell the rich the rich that they're they, they are nothing and they tell they told the the poor that being rich is bad it's so bad so there he was planting a seed here that you need to be poor and everybody needs to be poor. He was, you know, he was working. He was working. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then he was saying, I'm going to work for you. I'm going to give you a better salary. I'm going to, you know? So at the beginning of his uh, uh, um, presidency. Uh, presidency, he was giving uh, uh, um, uh, a lot of uh, um, uh, things to the people, to the poor people, without being, without asking. Yes, I'm going to give it this to you, this to you, this to you, you know? And the people were, yes, so we don't need to work and we got this. This is perfect, you know? So that okay. way you can buy conscience. So now you're going to be loyal to me because I'm giving this to you, you know? Yeah. A lot of social, you know, um, uh, programs and everything So for the poor people, and uh, enemy of the rich people, but on the ground he was friend because he was asking money also. Yeah, you know, he's a really Machiavellic guy. He was really, really, really smart guy. Histrionic. He know how to talk in different uh, scenarios. And uh, one of our friends, Matt Paulson, actually says that's all all politicians. They're gonna say what the people want to hear. Exactly. To a point, I think that's true. But looking at the history of Chavez, he's not your average politician. He's saying what people want to hear. He's a magician with the magic. He with it though. He was a politician. Really was a. But he did. But he wasn't acting as a politician. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was a. He was as good of an actor as he was a politician. Exactly. He he was a. Uh, politicians are going to say whatever we want to hear, but not all of them are maestros at yeah. their job. Yeah. And he is a master manipulator, yeah. obviously. Yeah. We didn't so, know that then. So the country, uh, pretty much a uh, uh, high population of the country, loved this guy. And uh, then uh, after, in 2000, let me see if I remember, in 2004, it was 2004, yeah. In 2004, 2003, 2004. 2003 uh, was the coup. The f so many, sh very short coup. Yeah, exactly. 2003. And uh, uh, we were struggling a lot in Venezuela. So we decide, the, the, the country decide to shut down the country. Yeah. So a good strike, big strike. Nobody's gonna get out of the house. Everybody's gonna be closed, and we keep it for three days, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a, it was good, and it was a good march. I mean, I don't know. They say it was a million people on the street, and I was in that march with my wife. This was in Caracas. Caracas, and we were, and then they decide to go to Miraflores. Miraflores is like a, La Casa Blanca, here in the state. Miraflores, where the the uh, the, the not uh, where the president is uh, in uh, Caracas. Okay, so it's a long walk, but ima imagine so many people. I don't know if you see the pictures of the people on the street. You know, marching is f a lot of people. Whereas this is this was a huge march. This wasn't people. If you look at the videos and the pictures of this march. It doesn't, well, just the pictures, it doesn't look like people marching down the street. It looks like everybody in the country is in 
just a short space. It's a mob. Yeah, Not in well, a sad way, exactly, mob, but exactly. it's a mob of people. It's a gang of people. Yeah. So we were marching uh, to uh, uh, Miraflores, and it was, uh, oh my gosh, uh, I remember like it was yesterday. I was not even close to this place. Uh, this place uh, was uh, Puente Yaguno. It's a bridge called Yaguno, close to Miraflores. And there, there's uh, shooters there. They were starting shooting people. They were on the march. In so the march. who the shooters are the government? People from the government or from the uh, military? The other, from the other side, from the supporting Chavez supporters. Okay. They okay. start shooting at the people. They were passing by, you know? And you can see videos from the shooters and also videos from the people getting killed. All right? 19 people got killed because of that. And this more, the, the, the most uh, scary thing here is one of the shooters. And you can see it perfectly. Ba, 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 getting high. Ba, 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 getting high was Nicolás Maduro. That's insane to me. There you go. They're, they're sure it was him. Of course. But it's, they don't know I'm going to say it, but you can see it on the video. It's, it's, it's him. So I'm sure that video is a little bit harder to find. They're trying, they're trying, but uh, it's, it's still there. It's amazing. And everybody knows that. And how, how long ago did this take place? That was in 2003. Three. Jeez. The coup, yeah. Three-day coup in 2003. Yeah, I, if, I, if I recall. Um, so what happened yeah. next was that... Uh, because of what happened in, in that place, uh, the, the strike and so the, 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 the militaries, the high militaries asked Chavez, hey, you need to, re we asked for your resignation. You need to resign. This is, this is unbelievable. This cannot happen. And um, he resigned. This is a little bit of controversy here. They said they resigned, they didn't resign or whatever. At the end, uh, they put it in a helicopter, send it to someplace else, and there's the opposition takeover and trying to um, ask for elections and uh, whatever until one guy, one general, said that this was unconstitutional and he bring back Chavez. Do you know who this general was? Of course. What's his name? I know him. Um... Uh, I'm going to tell you in one second. <laughs> so tell me when you get there. Yeah, yeah, tell yeah. Tell me when you get there, yeah. Um, keep, oh, my gosh. What's keep going. Don't let that distract yeah, yeah, you. I yeah. wanna keep going. We'll, we'll get it eventually. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. In one second, I'm going to tell you. Okay. Uh, actually, his, uh, uh, I know his uh, son and everything. Nick, I do have to say for one second, the fact that I can see what you're doing and you can show us what's going on on the screen here is, is awesome. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a way to show viewers these these things too? Like, let's say I pull something up. Actually, we can share the desktop. Um, the thing I've been avoiding, so people, uh, I've been avoiding the idea of sharing our screen with the viewers because this is more an audio podcast, not a video podcast. Right. Yep. Um, but man, other video, other audio podcasts I listen to do share things on the screen. So maybe uh, it's very easy. I can show you how to do it on OBS at some point. Let's uh let's explore that at some point. Okay, just we can not, try it. Just not today. 
Yeah. Um, actually, if you hit scene five on the keypad, you're sharing whatever's on the desktop on the OBS. The, the screen unit. you're seeing is just from my desktop, which isn't connected, or from my laptop, which isn't connected to OBS. Yeah. So I'm only seeing your laptop right now. Whatever right. you're seeing, I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. But I think if it's number five, uh, I think it's scene number five on the keypad. If you preload five, you'll see it's the desktop view. Nope, not getting it. Um, eh, then I was wrong. <laughs> no worries. Back yeah. to the story. I remember. Baduel. See, we did that on purpose. <laughs> One more time. Baduel. Baduel. Mm-hmm. Okay. If Pedro is listening to me, he will say, Raul, the pill, the pill, you need to take your pill. <laughs> <laughs> your memory pill, your old man pill. Wait a minute, who's older? You or there Pedro? There you go. Raul Baduel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Raul, he's got a good first name. Yeah. Uh, his last name, <laughs> the, he's a bad guy in our book, or is he a good guy? Well, there's a little bit of story there. Because now, he's in jail. Because you actually said, at this point, Chavez is removed, or, 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 or laid away, so to speak. They put it away, yeah. Yeah, and, and Badwell is saying, hey, 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 this is unconstitutional. At this point, he was acting like, a, hey, I respect the Constitution. I, I want to see they resign. I don't see nothing here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back. Okay, so he wasn't necessarily supporting Chavez. Not necessarily. Was, but in, in, in America, we have the same. A lot of, my dad was a 28-year Marine. Mm-hmm. Salute the office, not the man. Yeah. He doesn't always agree with who the president is. He doesn't have to respect the president. He has to respect the office of president. But, but I understand. I understand what you're saying. Is that a similar thing with Bodwell? S- similar. similar. <laughs> but uh, you can see what he was, how he was acting how the people were killing on the streets and everything. So you might you might try to forget a little bit about that and see where you deal where you deal or oh, the, the things that are going on uh-huh. and forget a little bit about that and then ask for the resignation or you know, but not at this point. But whatever it's so many <laughs> years ago that I don't I don't remember clearly, but uh, it was it was a Wow, what, what a day. And then uh, he put it back, and then he start. they know at that point what generals or which one are with him and which were not. So to speak, Chavez's army. Oh, I mean, there was his he army. He cleaned the whole thing. So he put the people that really want him and work uh, for him. They said everything was well prepared. I don't know. Like you said, is everything is about you know uh, 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 pre-plan, yeah. You know, but you never know. And uh, well, and then he's still he's still running the country, and uh, the country were going down, going down, going down. And then in two thousand seven, he wanted to change the constitution again. All right, but this time he presented to the country. We went to vote and we say no. What What did he want to do to change the constitution? He wanted to change everything. He wanted to have more power for him so he cannot consult to the Congress, right, for whatever decision. He wanted to extend one more year in in presidency. So go to term. seven year term seven at that year point. Seven year term and no and, uh, no term re- limits. No term limits. So he can reelect whatever he wants yeah. without no. So and, and like a 33 more uh, lo- uh, articles that he wanted to change. But we say no. I remember that day clearly. I, wa- I was going to my, my work and he, in the morning, he 
talked to the country and he talked to everyone and he said that we were a piece of just like that to the whole country. He was furious. He was mad. Finally, he he didn't win. And he was like, was the real Chavez, you know? He showed his real colors. Oh, yeah. So real quick, I, I, I watch Maduro speak. And when I watch him speak, he sounds angry to me. I, I feel like I'm in trouble when I watch him speak. I don't understand what he's saying because I don't speak Spanish, but I feel like I'm in trouble. Before oh, he's this, an ignorant. Before he doesn't know what he's saying. Before this moment, before Chavez is now pissed off at the world because, y'all, how, how dare you vote against me? You're a piece of poo. How did he come across with his public... Uh, was he friendly? Was he loved? Well, Maduro was always, you know... Behind him. Yeah, he, he was know. his little lap boy. Oh, yeah. I told you he went to visit when he was in prison. Uh -huh. He was always behind him. Uh, he became a vice president for him. Maduro was uh, working... He was working always uh, with... Uh, uh, how do you say... With the... When the how do you say it in English? When the, the workers, the, the association of workers, how do you say that... Uh, Unions? The unions. Okay. He was working with unions, so he had a lot of relation with that. He got a lot of relation with Fidel Castro, Maduro. Mm -hmm. So he was uh, very, you know, uh, connected with, uh, to Fidel. And he was a bus driver. Not against nothing about a bus driver, but that was what he was doing. His occupation was bus driver at some yeah. point. Okay. Yeah. And also... He, they said, and everybody said, and it's proved that he was not. He was uh, born in Colombia, not in Venezuela. So he's Colombian. He's Colombian. Is and that just a conspiracy, or is that true that he is born in Colombia? Well, they, he doesn't prove. They, they don't say. They don't. They don't show nothing. When they, when you don't show nothing, it's because you have something to hide, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand that position, but I mean, Barack Obama went through a really similar thing when he got elected. Of but he showed it. But he showed Kenya, all that stuff. I think it, he did eventually show it. Yeah, but, but he didn't never I, show it. I think initially he didn't show it because he thought it was such a silly thing. Yeah, but I mean, I, I know nothing. In this case, where they're 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 proving, they're showing where he was born in Colombia. People in Colombia say, of course, he was born here. He was here, and we know his mom, everything, you know. There's a lot of proof. I don't know for sure, but they say he's from Colombia. Well, whatever. That's not that important, but... Uh, so Maduro comes across as an asshole when I see him speak. He, yeah, he just completely, completely, completely. Did Chavez come across as the same? Because Chavez, I haven't seen any of his speeches yet. How does he come across when he speaks to the public? Because right now, well, we're at the point where he's now pissed. Before that, did he come across as a nice guy? Who Maduro? No, Chavez. Chavez. But this is I'm talking about. So Chavez in 07. Remember, remember, Chavez was always a hero. Even when Chavez was making a mistake, people still loved him. Yes. And still, people said that Maduro wasn't. It's not doing the same thing as Chavez. That they were living better when Chavez was alive. Now, imagine that. But that legacy, the legacy of Chavez is Maduro. Okay. Do you think that Venezuela would be in the same place if he was if if Chavez was still president if he hadn't died do you think oh, yeah. this would all still yeah, be happening Yeah for sure okay yeah. oh yeah for it sure. all I think we're we're at 07 right now in in your story yeah. and I think this is when we start 
I think people from the beginning realized it was going downhill. I think people from the beginning realized there were problems. But I think 07 is a time frame where a lot of people start realizing, where the majority of people. I think 07 is, 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 that election is a landmark time for the awareness of the Completely. people. Completely. You said it okay. right. You said it right. I was the I've first, been trying to do my homework. The first, uh, uh, how do you say it? Uh, strike or the first uh, no the uh, first strike of the people the against people, the regime and they notice that oh, hey something is going on here we need to do something about it and uh, from there they start to notice that hey something is going on uh, we need to do something about it but uh, it was going down going down going down even though they're still in power and then he got sick after a few years he start got sick they discover. They discover a uh, cancer in, in Chavez, and uh, he was being treated in Cuba. I wonder why he was not treated in Venezuela when we have so amazing uh, uh, doctors in Venezuela, but he preferred to be treated in Cuba. So, uh, because they say the medicine is in Cuba is uh, wonderful and excellent, it used to be long, long time ago after, before the revolution. But that's all just drinking Castro's Kool-Aid at that point. Yeah. So he was treated by, by that cancer. I don't, I don't remember what kind of cancer was, really, <clears throat> uh, to tell you the truth. Uh, but under the story that Chavez, in 2012, he went to La Habana, Cuba, and he said, that he was going to run for president, but in the case he was going to have a surgery to remove that uh, cancer or whatever, and if it was not the case that he's not going to come back, he would like the people of Venezuela to vote for Nicolas Maduro because he trusts him as uh, his you know, uh, right hand in order to keep control or to keep guiding the revolution. So I want to like hold on one second right here because I think we're in an important transition point right now. Maduro at this time he was vice president. is the vice president. And he's only been vice president for a year because Chavez had five vice presidents, if I remember the numbers correctly, yeah. somewhere around that yeah. number. But Maduro, Maduro, Maduro has he visited Chavez in prison. Mm -hmm. He has been one of Chavez's boys all along the way, mm -hmm. including to the point that we believe he was in Cuba at points training. And that's just the word I'm going to use. So during these first, let's see, 12 or 11 years of presidency for Chavez, where is Maduro? What, what, what is his job? What is his role until when he becomes VP? He was the secretary of uh, Chavez. He was the second aboard. He was doing everything for Chavez. Secretary of State is, I think, what we... No, secretary, they, like uh, my secretary. Everything. Oh, his straight like, assistant. Like an office secretary. Like an office secretary. Okay. So, okay, so like his admin assistant. Everything that he needs, he was there. He was his assistant. He was assistant. his boy. He's his boy. Okay. So really... That's what I recall. Yeah, Yeah, no, and that makes sense. So really, he was there the whole time. The whole time. But he didn't have an official office as a politician. In order to get to Chavez, you need to talk to Maduro. So in 2012, Maduro 
uh, Chavez says, Maduro, you're my vice president. Why Why did Chavez, and you might not know this, why, why in 2012 did it suddenly become important that Maduro became VP? Is it because he knew he was dying and he wanted to hand off his legacy to his boy? That's one of the things. That the other thing was because he was trained by Fidel Castro. And Fidel Castro suggests yeah. that he's the, the right guy to keep the revolution I, I got to give you this real quick just because I, I can't help it. You know Kevin Craig? Tall, bald dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. He explains Maduro just based off our conversation. It's his bitch. <laughs> Chavez's yeah, bitch completely. is what he was. Completely. So you were saying, I'm sorry, I just thought you'd like that. So he was, uh, what we were we talking about? I forget. So Maduro suddenly becomes the vice president. We're figuring oh, out yeah, why. Yeah. Fidel Castro uh, suggests that Fid uh, Maduro was the right guy because he already know him. He trained him already. Because he's groomed And him. you know, Chavez was... It, it turns to be a pain in the ass recently or lately. Yeah. Because uh, he was, Chavez was smart. Uh, he didn't exactly do exactly what Fidel Castro was asking to do. But Maduro was more like a, he cannot think. He's a puppet on strings. He's a puppet. He's a marionette. He cannot, he cannot think at all. He just say whatever you ask me to do and I do it. That's Maduro. So back to he's people's bitch. Exactly. I mean, Kevin Craig says that, I think, all seriously and joking, but yeah. that's what he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hope I don't get invaded by the Venezuelan government after <laughs> this, <laughs> those statements. So, Roel, I wanted to ask, uh, I don't know if it's, do, do young people in Venezuela know this story as well as you do? Or do you feel like because you grew up during this history that Pretty you much, pretty much. People in Venezuela are very knowledgeable. They know what's going on. They know what happened in the past. Even though the young people, they, 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 they were born in this uh, area and this time, they know what happened before. They, they, they don't know better, but they know because they read. They, they have the parents they live in uh, before, but they know, and they are fighting now because they don't have nothing. You they, know, they know, man. That is I'm gonna get to that yeah. later on, but uh, they don't have nothing to to lose. It's so important though that you say they know because if it wasn't for the fact that you and I, because we're we're similar age, man, we're both in our in our young thirties, right? Yeah. Um, Although I look younger than you. Yeah, 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 dude. <laughs> uh, um, well, that's because you have way more hair. I, I hate you. I'm so jealous. I listen, man. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm ahead of you in that unfortunate race, though. Um, the, the the today's generation and the generation after that these generations in Venezuela are fighting because the of the awareness number one our generation is educating tomorrow's generation but number two tomorrow's generation has a true interest and that's something I think we are lacking I hate politics I'm horrible with politics I don't want to vote I don't want to be part of the system I don't want to but if we keep letting things just happen, we're going to be in a bad place. Whether you agree with the current president, the former president, I don't care who you fucking agree with, people. Get out there and educate yourself and find exactly. out the truth. And that's something I love you, about the Venezuelan people. You need to be involved in politics. Otherwise, you need to let, you're going to let other people to make decisions for you. Yeah. I mean, and that's not correct. I'll take it to the stupidest level. And for me, I say the stupidest. I'll take it to the most local level. Uh, my, I live in the city of Pearland, Texas. And recently I had a guy come knock on my door and say, hey, man, my name is Quentin Wilts. I'm running for president or for president. I'm running for mayor of Pearland. I'd like your vote. And I said, cool, man. Tell me why I should vote for you. 
do you, what do you know about our current mayor? And the current mayor got my wife her job. The current mayor will greet my wife by name before she ever worked for this city. We're a city of over 110,000 people. The current mayor will see me in a public event and say, How's, he won't know my name. He doesn't remember my name. How's skydiving treating you? Mm-hmm. How's the job? of He knows what I do. Mm-hmm. So to say we're friends with the mayor is a little bit of an understatement. And, and our local wannabe mayor says, do you know you should vote for me for these reasons? And everything he's telling the people is wrong. He actually told me, do you know we don't have mass transit in Pearland because of this process? And I just listened to him. I didn't argue with him. My wife sits on the council for that mass transit project, so I know exactly why we don't have it. Did you know we're not using this technology in this in the city of Pearland? Actually, I just used that technology two days ago, and it served me great. And right there... In my local city, they're in a runoff, election runoff, because people are voting for this guy. And I don't think, in my case, this guy is lying. I don't think he's evil. I don't think he's Chavez or Maduro. But I think people are voting for him uneducated. And that's my point, man. Educate yourself. People in my city are voting for a politician who has no clue what he's talking about. I am just a citizen of my city who has no interest in elections or in politics, and I understand it better than he does. Yeah. Your people are educating themselves. So now we here we at 2013. Um, so I got this wrong. I say because of popular media, Chavez passes away in 2013, but 2012 he passed away and we become aware in 2013. You're going to say... say 2012 in December, they say in the 31st or... Th- uh, 30 of December, he he passed. So they and just they keep it. it they days. keep it secret. They didn't want to expose, and they wait a few months uh-huh. to tell the truth. And and Maduro actually serves as the vice president out the term, and he's the interim president, so to speak. And then they have an election, mm-hmm. and he wins. And, and he now wins. he's with the, the president with the support of the Chavez supporters. Yeah. So now he's president officially from 2013 to 2019. That's the end of his term. Yeah, exactly. Upcoming. Yeah. So, well, if if it gets to there, if it gets to there, because we got a lot of story to get to to there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So now and this is amazing because now, sorry to interrupt. Now what we're having is, uh, of course, we don't live in a democracy. We have a lot of uh, political prisoners in the country, a lot of political prisoners. We have... uh, uh, this uh, uh, <laughs> confrontation or strikes or pro- people protesting on, on the street uh, over a month now, people are sick of this regimen. People are, they, they don't, they don't want to live anymore with this guy in power or with this uh, regimen because all those guys who are running the country are damaging who we are. This well, is not Venezuela, you know? What's the political spectrum like in Venezuela? Like, just for example, I know a lot of people who are huge fans of Barack Obama and a lot of people who hated him. And so there wasn't like, you know, the, the, that was a really nice burp. DJ, I heard that one. That was nice. That was uh, through the mic? Oh, yeah, that was great. Sharing my gas with the world. Uh, um, but, but there's a really wide spectrum of people who align on kind of opposite sides of a lot of the, the key they don't issues, care. right? What no, just that the, the people in America are very divided on how they view the leadership. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that that might be because America, you know, the, the way of living here is pretty easy. And I think when you have life easy, it's really easy to, to have an opinion about 
who's running the show and what kind of a job that they're doing. But I mean, knowing the things that I've learned about Venezuela, it just doesn't seem like uh, I'm not hearing opposing sides. It just sounds like everybody's unhappy. Of course. When so when it, is there a spectrum there, or yeah, is does everyone yeah, just yeah, kind of yeah. feel the same when, way? When Chavez was alive, or maybe at the at the beginning of Maduro's uh, terms or presidency. Uh, they, they, still, the country was a little bit divided, you know? But now with the situation that we have, because uh, Maduro couldn't run the, the, the country well, there are a lot of, uh, uh, it's a, a lot of poverty, the people are eating on the street and uh, on the, from the garbage, and uh, you know, cannot find food, you cannot find medicine, you cannot find even uh, uh, Advil or ibuprofen, nothing. If you go to the supermarket, all the, how do you say, the shelves. shelves are empty, completely empty. And sometimes they say, hey, we have something here and you need to go to in a line for eight hours. And when you finally get there, nothing. I saw a report. So, sorry, let me finish. 23 hours in line to go to a grocery store. Imagine, imagine. Yeah. So now the people are thinking, why we are here? Why we get to this? So the spectrum now is nobody wants Maduro. So when you when he when he asked for a protest or a march from these people, for for their people, you see just a few guys, like no more than one hundred people on marching. And when you ask for the opposition for a march, oh my gosh, it's millions and millions and everywhere. You know, the old, the, the old people are supporting them. And I'm going to get to this. Okay. Are people that they, they were trained by them from a long time ago. They were get, getting paid. Okay. They're getting paid to support uh, Maduro, to support his regimen. And pretty much all these guys, they were in prison and they just put it out of prison to, on these conditions to support this uh, uh, president, you know? Okay. I, so I've that's what they where call they come from. Colectivos. They call it colectivos. So those are the guys who are killing the, 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 the young people, the students on the street, besides the National Guards. But no, the National Guards are bad. Yeah, pretty much all of them now because now they're acting stupid and let this happen. But much of them are people who are just put in from prison they put it in uniform and give it uh, uh, whatever weapons, guns, rifles, and, guns yeah. and just go and, and uh, do what we ask you to do. You know, that, that was kind of another question I had. Is I assume the military is made up of citizens, Venezuelan citizens who have gone into the armed yeah. forces voluntarily, mm -hmm. and I wonder how they convince these people to treat, you know, people who are just like them. How how do they? How are they battling these people in the streets? How do they get them to do that? Is it just that they're getting food to, to do it, and that's that's the only motivation? They're getting food, or? they're getting everything. But do those? But people just for a period of time. But they, um, pretty much all of them are having the same, are living in the same country of everybody. So they're struggling to, you know. But that day, or maybe two days later, they're gonna have a bag from the government so they can give it to their families. You know, they're just buying conscience. You know. But so let me tell you this. So the just real quick, hold on a second. So I, 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 have, I just want to make sure I understand this. I've wondered this whole time, where do these Chavez and Maduro supporters come from? They're just bought. They're just paid. They're just almost actors, so to speak. Yeah. They've been okay. training Cuba. They've been sending people, young people, 
to Cuba, train in Cuba, send it back. And those are the guys who are uh, su uh, supporting or defending the revolution. Do you think it's fair and safe to say that a lot of those supporters and a lot of those defenders of, of Maduro truly don't support him, but they have to? They have to. So if I were to put him in a private room and there was no way they could get caught, they would probably say, I hate this. Of course. So even the supporters hate him. Of course. I'm sorry. I just want to yeah. make sure I'm catching up with yeah. who these people are. And the other thing is that this is the National Guard. But we have the military guys, Navy, we have Army, we have all, all these guys. They are infiltrated by Cubans. They are there. They are inside. They are listening to them. They cannot breathe because they are watching them. So if you say something against the government or against Maduro, you know what's going to happen to you. So they are afraid to speak. What's going to happen to you? Well, they're going to put in, put you in jail as as the list, right? That's the best that can happen. Yeah. If best. I speak out against Maduro, I'm going to jail. I'm in Venezuela. I'm a Venezuelan. F Maduro, these are the problems. I start speaking up and showing proof. I might as well end my life. I'm locked up. Bad things are happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I watched a video the other day of protesters mm -hmm. in the street. And there were military guys, obviously military guys dressed in, in, in things. I think Nick saw this video as well. And these guys were three of them on top of this person and beating on them. And that person wasn't fighting. They were covering up you, and they didn't stop punching them. These are the things that are happening to people who speak out against Maduro. Do you think that's a, a soldier? That's a guy who can, you know, say, bleach for the, for the flag and acting like an animal? Well, see, th so Nick had asked that valid question. Who the fuck are these people wearing these uniforms? Who the fuck are these people who can pledge an allegiance to this man and support this cause? And you, what you're telling me is filling a lot of gaps. Yeah. I, I want to, I still want to let you go, but you've said this more than once to me, and I've read this more than once. Children, school children are dying in the streets. Of course, yeah. How are they dying in the streets? The school children? Yeah. I mean, the people, mean? school children get murdered. Well, they get murdered because the crime is so high. They they just stopping in the on the on the street just to take to the the whatever they have. If they have a a bag of food, they just take it away. Yeah, it's really sad. Like to think about. I mean, almost all the videos of the adults that I heard speaking relating to food, they were talking about how they would skip meals so that their children could eat. You know. Yeah. So if you're a criminal on the street and you see a kid. I mean, just because the parents care more about the ki the kids eating than they care about themselves eating, exactly. that kid's more likely to have food, and now that kid becomes a target because it's a child with food, exactly, okay. which is unbelievably uh, monstrous. How how are any of these children dying to the hands of the government? There's a lot of people dying in the hands of the government. All the people are dying in Venezuela are dying because of the government. Dude, <laughs> Caracas is the number one. Is number one is it's it's the murder capital of the world now. Yeah. Crocuses, mm -hmm. and it's the government killing people, but it's also the criminals because people are so desperate. Mm -hmm. um, they in, they God. in a way, long time ago, they started encourage this kind of stuff. You know, uh, 
they give power to all these criminals to, to do what they're doing. Now they cannot stop them. And those guys, because they have the power, because, ah, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be uh, helping them to protest, to, to, uh, uh, to defend the, uh, the revolution. I'm going to be killing all these students. And at night, I'm going to be, you know, uh, doing my thing and killing all, all the whatever and doing, you know, they have power. So the only way, the only way we can get rid of this, uh, I don't know how to call it, these animals, these guys, is to keep doing what we're doing and to uh, raise awareness. Mm -hmm. For me, that I'm here in the state I'm with my family safe, I still have family and all my friends, the Venezuelan friends that are here and the people that I know that are here, all of, all of us have friends and uh, family in Venezuela. Uh, the only thing that we can do is uh, to help them out is to always send food or medicine or whatever and also to post on Facebook or um, uh, the other one, what do you, how do you say it? Um, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter Instagram, social media. And social media. Uh, to raise awareness about what's going on in Venezuela, and and I'm, I'm I know for a lot of you guys that I don't know about what's going on in Venezuela, maybe it's a little bit, you know, like a, a boring or or maybe seeing so many posts. But guys, it's the only way for us to show the world what's going on and to maybe to you or maybe to uh, not to you, maybe to another person. Uh, can do something or know somebody or know some that can give us support. And that's what we're really, really trying to do because the kids in Venezuela, the young people, the students, and also you and I, you and I, and we have friends in common. I'm not going to mention any names. They are fighting on the street in Venezuela right now. Okay? They are fighting on the street, body to body, with those guys. That's hard to imagine because I've had a lot of Venezuelan mm -hmm. friends come and go, and most of them hoped to stay here, but they have not been uh, granted residency in the United States, so they have to go back to Venezuela. Mm -hmm. So I can just imagine some of those friends right now. Mm -hmm. I, I've watched the videos. Mm -hmm. That's where my friends are right now. Those, those guys, all these guys are heroes. I, I mean, they, 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 they lost uh, respect. They lost... Uh, uh, fear. They don't care. They're there to fight. They don't care. Sometimes they they got bullets and they just uh, they don't care. They just there. They don't want it. They don't want it anymore. And you see the women in Venezuela. Oh my gosh, women in Venezuela. They are on the line back helping all these kids, young people, giving food, giving whatever they can, the medicines, everything, just to support them. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And everybody's doing whatever. And it's not just in Caracas. It's in every single state. In every single state in Venezuela, this is happening. And uh, maybe not you guys, but I receive every single two, three minutes something new. They have... Something new that comes from your family or just from, from someone family, who, who friends, knows? whatever. And we just post and repost, post and repost, you know. Are, um, are these things coming from like friends and family who are still in Venezuela, or just or friends? Okay. Or be, 
yeah, exactly. Maybe you have a friend that have a friend that was on a march or was on a protest or whatever. So they send it that finally get to you, right? And then you send it and so you know what's going on, right? Because they own all the TV, uh, how do you say? All the TV. All uh, the media outlets. All the media. That is owned by the government. I mean, people are only hearing what Maduro wants them to hear. Oh, of course. That's the way the dictatorship works, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you, you said this before. People might be bored with the idea because, yeah, there's no doubt, man. I, I see my friends, uh, Melissa Ortega Hull. I don't know if you know Melissa. She married one of our friends, Todd Hull. Uh, she's a Venezuelan gal, and, and it says, pray for Venezuela on her Facebook profile picture. Um, free Venezuela, uh, Venezuela, uh, freed by unite, uh, freed by, um, what was that? What the second quote you gave me? One was free Venezuela and the other was free Venezuela and uh, something united freedom by, um, five for, uh, united, uh, Venezuela and united or whatever. something like that. Yeah. And, and, but I, I constantly see these quotes uh, online and, and I'm, I'm, you're, you're right. As the average person, as the average American, I see my friends posting on Facebook about Venezuela, and I wouldn't have cared had I not had... I think Daniel Angulo and, and Danny Raffaelli and all my other friends, uh, Vladimir, a lot of these guys opened my eyes to Venezuela, mm -hmm. but nobody gave me the awareness that you brought to me over our friendship together. And so now when I see these things, they, they, they really t uh, they tug at my heart. And Nick, I'm going to have to ask you to look up something you just posted. Sure. But I actually encourage people, Google BBC, Our World... How did I say that again? I want to make sure I say it. Um, you, um, BBC, Our World Going Hungry. And just getting that, you'll get a Venezuelan documentary. But recently, Nick, you uh, posted in, in the feed here, you posted another one, and it's one that uh, Claudio... Yeah, it was the ABC News ones. Uh, the ABC News ones. Can you remember what the ABC News ones are? Oh, God, I watched probably 10 of these videos today. So Scroll I back to uh, our comments, because you actually posted it in our comments here a little bit ago. Uh, breaking point. Venezuela's horrific. That one. What? What are the name of those? Um, so ABC News did a special in Venezuela's horrific food medicine shortage part one. Breaking point. Venezuela's horrific food and medicine shortage part one. Watch these videos. If you're bored by your friends posting about Venezuela, watch any one, any one of these videos. I watched a lady who lost thirty pounds yeah, yeah. in one year because and Nick mentioned this couple already one day he eats dinner one day she eats dinner mm -hmm. one day I he watch eats video, dinner yeah. just so their kid can eat dinner yeah. and their kid's happy and this is the same lady who spends $400 on 100 grams of cheese yeah. she lost 30 pounds Venezuelans are starving exactly. to death exactly we use the word starving to death all the time no. You don't know what, how, how is that. You don't know how it's... <laughs> I've seen pictures of Venezuelans, yeah. two years difference. Your people are literally dying yeah. due to starvation. They kill the, the national production of everything. They just didn't want it to have it. And they just controlled all the import for, uh, for them and uh, for the country. And uh, they just control it because uh, they, that's where the money is. So more money for them. And uh, sometimes they bought uh, food that were out of uh, uh, date. 
Yes. Said, expire, out of date, out date. Expi yeah. expire, and still let it in, in in the country and give it to the people. It's a, it's, these guys are cruel. These guys are, they are uh, you know, they, I don't know. I don't know how, how the world can see this and they cannot do nothing about it. Um, Just a couple of things about the, the eating that I found super surprising in, in the research I was doing today. Uh, they did a, a, a poll, so you can only rely on the information so much as it's the people who responded to the poll, but I think it was about 70% of the people who responded to this poll had lost 19, an, an average of 19 pounds over the last year. Mm -hmm. And a, a quote that really stuck out to me was, it said, uh, people have lost the power of when and what to eat, which for me is a really crazy thing because that's one of the most important things to me is I pick when, you know, when I eat, what I eat, like, I'm really uh, conscious about, about what I eat. And I can't imagine if some, you know, someone just took that away from me. And then, you know, the, the bread that I try and avoid because I'm privileged enough to worry about having carbs in my diet. Like, that's the thing that is celebrated in Venezuela when they actually find bread. Yeah. A couple of the videos I saw, the, you know, the men seem to be the ones who are out searching, searching the food down. And, the, you know, the dad would come home and say, hey, this is the first time I found bread in a whole month. So it's, it's, a know, it's a miracle. It's a yeah, miracle yeah. is what yeah. they said. When they found br bread. A fucking loaf of bread yeah. is yeah, a yeah, miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just That's imagine, a travesty. Just imagine that you are going now to the supermarket now and you cannot find anything. And you're yeah, and you're hungry. And you cannot find anything. And you go to another supermarket. And you cannot find anything. And what you can find, you can't afford. And maybe you cannot afford it. Maybe there's a couple of things there, but you cannot afford it. That's so what is percent inflation? What's gonna be on your mind? So you you're desperate, right? You're gonna be yeah. desperate. So that's why Venezuela is having what we're having, and the people are on the street fighting for freedom, fighting for human rights, fighting for medicine, fighting for food, S fighting for. Um, uh, for democracy. Mm -hmm. how, right? how long has it been since you lived in Venezuela? Seven years. So what if seven years ago, when you were in Venezuela, someone told you that today there were going to be riot police c protecting supermarkets because that's how the that's how the situation. Would, would, is that something that you would have believed? Or I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, you saw it yeah. coming. That's why you came here, because you saw it coming. Well, I came in at different circumstances, but I knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I was lucky, was lucky to 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 make the decision to come here. So when you left Venezuela, where where were you living? What what city? What state? Uh, I was living in Caracas. Caracas. Yeah, I got and my business there. And uh, what do you do? Yeah, I in, share it with our friends. I have business there. Um, at that point, well, I used to have a couple of business: a dry cleaning business, uh, another business uh, we call it Remington uh, Center that we uh, used to sell uh, uh, things for uh, women's, for nails, uh, okay. for uh, everything for the body, or to put the things there to, I yeah. don't know how to say it. Foot massage, foot, foot, foot massage, all that kind of stuff for, for Ulta, women. my wife takes me to these places <laughs> all the time. I got a story like that. We used to have a... Um, so you can make me pretty. Huh? You can make me pretty. <laughs> <laughs> we used, I used to have a, a license from Mattel. To the toy company? The toy company, yeah. but in this got related to clothes for uh, girls. 
Okay. Okay. With the Mattel brand. So you're a we, businessman. Yeah, we were doing uh, the clothes for girls. And all this time, and we I used to have stores in Venezuela with the Barbie Barbie stores. So we used to sell the clothes and also the, the all the uh, the dolls. Las muñecas. Uh, las muñecas. <laughs> you just thought he was a skydiver this No, time. I really <laughs> thought that you were just a dentist. I thought that that's yeah, what yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were yeah, a dentist, never, right? never Wait a minute. A you were a dentist? Yeah. Long, long time ago. So I knew now. all these other ventures. Back back to just because we've spent time together. Yeah. But damn, you're a diverse man. <laughs> damn. I and mean, also, I am a father, and I have a beautiful wife, and I have two beautiful daughters. Not also... I've seen you with your family. Uh, First and foremost, uh, yeah, yeah, remember, yeah. you are a father. Yeah, um, the love you share for your family, I think, is something that I think uh, that is very unique in the Latin culture. It's something that I, I really I, I, we joke around about a lot. But man, viva la raza! The, the Mexicans say the people, right? It's about the people. It's about the love. It's about the passion. And it, it, find a more passionate culture than the Latin people. Mm-hmm. And uh, what planet are we on, man? Uh, the, the the passion that Latin folks in general, but I, I see it specifically in you, the passion you have for your family and the love you have for those people. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. So you've told me some personal stories about yourself, man. You left Venezuela for various reasons, but one of the things going on is you had a fear for your family's safety. That's that's one of the, the main reasons. Um, you got pulled over at one point, didn't yeah. you? Tell, yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. that story. Share, share that with folks. Well, uh, wow. That was, uh, I got this business. I got a, a laundry, a dry cleaning store. and uh, He can make my clothes look good. He can make <laughs> me look good. Just saying. And my I teeth, my face, my clothes. Back and forth. I have hope for the clothes. The rest, not so much. Back and forth, back and forth to my uh, uh, house and to the store. And uh, one time I was getting out of the store on my way to uh, my house, to home, and there was a uh, police, how do you call it, when they are right in the middle of the street Road stopping block. people. Roadblock. Yeah. Or barricade. Yeah. And they were there, but they, they didn't look like police. They were dressing as a police, but they didn't look as a police, you know? Look like they, skydivers then. <laughs> <laughs> but there they were, you know, there were rumors that that, that was going on, no? Uh-huh. And then they stopped me and they say, could you get, can get out of the car, please? So whatever, you know, very polite. And all right, I get out of the, the car and the guy get inside my car, like getting on the wheel, on the steering wheel. Steering wheel. wheel, yeah. And he say, I like this car. I really like this car, you know? I I bought one of these this morning for me. The guy said, "Really? That's good." Hmm. Where do you live? Where are you going? I said, "Well, I live far away from here. What do you do? You I got a small store, really small store right here. That's what I do. That's the, the only thing that I do. I was trying to not to make a uh, impression that I have. You, you didn't want them to think you had yeah, something like they could something. take, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Now you look like a nice fellow or whatever. All right." Behave yourself or whatever. So I didn't, wasn't, I never used uh, fancy jewelry, nothing like that. I was normal, like the way I am. And he say, okay, just take, what, a few minutes here. And he, they're stopping other people. And then said, go away. And uh, I, I run away. And they say, wow, what was this? And then I found out that the, ne- uh, the next day, 
that there was a, a group of people kidnapping in that particular spot. Basically, they pulled you over to find out, like, your car looks nice enough that we're going to stop you and say, who are you? What are you doing? Because they're trying to, to rob you. Yeah. The, oh, you got money? Oh, you got this? Oh, you live in this nice neighborhood? Oh, you have this nice store? Yeah. Then they're going to rob you, kidnap you. Whatever. They call it the Sequestro Express, the express kidnapping. So they kidnap you for two hours, and they called your, your uh, family, and they uh, asked for money. And in two hours, they don't respond. They can kill you. That's it. So and, you were this the point, close to death, potentially. Well, well, potentially. Well, one day I was with my family and my two kids in a in 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 the in the car, and there is four guys trying to get into my car to take me. This is the one you told me about yeah, at dinner. To take me and my my in front of your kids. We were inside the car, just to take me, and I was said. My wife just uh, tried to hug me because I wanted to get out and start fighting with these guys. And my, I remember to turn around and see my kids. At that, po at that point, my kids were like uh, three years and seven years, something like that. They were screaming, screaming, panicking, like, uh, what's going on? These guys were trying to get me. And uh, finally, there's a lot of people, you know, that, uh, pushing the horn, you know. Honking. Honking. Why do you say that? Honking. Honking. And, Not honky. Uh, what honking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a really stressful moment. Uh, my wife, of course, was crying, and uh, I was really mad that this was happening. The guys left, and then finally I get to keep going, and then when I decide to, we need to move out of here. They were kidnapping uh, people from the lines to just to leave the kids on the school, to leave at a school. They were with, a, with guns right there. It was, it was too much. And I said, I cannot put my kids in danger. I cannot live in this country. I cannot offer something to my kids, you know? I cannot offer the same country that I grew up to my kids. That's another thing I found really sad when uh, when I saw some of the parents talking about it. Is you, you hear so many parents here talking about, I want to give my kids a better upbringing than I had. And now it's kind of the opposite, where they know that, that their children now don't even have the upbringing. They're, you know, they hope to, to get back to giving them what they had when they were kids. Like they're not, Their hopes aren't to give them something better. They just want to get to uh, to what was normal for them when they were kids. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, uh, man, it's super sad to to imagine the feelings of, of what it's like to be a parent there right now. If you're if you're not, you know, you don't have the money to leave, you don't have the money to feed your kids. It's like, what what really can you do? Yeah, it's it's so difficult, and uh, that's why people are fighting on the street. You know, that's the only the only thing that you can do. You know, I think today was the first time I really I mean, I've seen the videos of riots in the streets and that. So I, I knew that that part of the situation was happening. Mm -hmm. But, man, it was really heartbreaking to see the families at home, you yeah. know, the women and the children yeah. who you know aren't part of the fighting. But yeah, they're just as affected or, or more affected. Just, yeah. you know, they're, they're hungry. They, they have nothing. They can't do anything about it. Yeah. They're just stuck in a, in a. At the end of the day, the people who's got money, they always trying to find a way to subsist right uh, to, to but the people that don't have money they're poor those are the ones who are really 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 
in bad situation now because they don't have nothing. But the difference in Venezuela, you know, those of us who have a good life are trying to succeed. Those of, who, of us who don't have a good life are trying to survive, I think is a short way to say what you're saying. The difference is, is 70% or more of Venezuelans are trying to survive. Exactly. There's very, as a matter of fact, I mean, if you look at the rate of inflation, the rate of inflation really just tells us where the economy is. The rate of inflation, I think, is going to be 1,500% as a projected rate of inflation in the next year to two years. If you look at exponential growth, I mean, your, your country's inflation is growing two to 300% a year. So, and it's just getting worse quickly. It's growing back to that exponential word. Um, the Venezuelan dollar, which, which, what is the proper name for the Venezuelan dollar? Bolivares. Bolivares, uh, which is the, the Bolivar Peninsula. Bolivares Fuerte, after Chavez changed the name of the, of the even the... <sighs> I'm going to ask more questions about that <laughs> okay. in a second. But there's two different exchange rates in, 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 in Venezuela that... The one, black market and the... Well, the well there's more one. than two, but the two that, I, that I'll mention to, and black market is, is a third one, and there's even more than that. The black market is the market that... Everybody that uses. really Nobody is what uses the other one. One market says a U.S. dollar is worth seven hundred and ten. Another one says it's worth ten. There's no standardization no. of money there. No. That's how I think it's seven hundred. But uh, the real black yeah. market, the real money that you can exchange is five thousand something to now, a dollar. dollar to a dollar. And what will five thousand of these you can deliveries not- buy? Five thousand. So nothing. What, so let's go the with meat. this. Uh-huh. What's a gallon of milk cost? I don't know now. What, I really don't know. What would, could you take a wild guess? I need to find out. Yeah. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been Mr. P's on it, man. Yeah. I I, don't I don't, you've seen our Mr. P shirts, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. P is Nick's name on the show. And actually, I've called Nick, uh, Nick today because for me, this is, one, this is our, our more, most serious podcast. Because it's been ch- changed every day. Yes, it's changed every day. Back so to I two to three hundred percent inflation a year. Um, I think you I go to so the super. This is saying it, it's one hundred and fifty dollars to buy a dozen eggs. I'm not finding finding uh, a milk. Oh, dry milk, a hundred dollars. And I think this is U.S. dollars, one hundred fifty U.S. Yeah, dollars. Yes, so the equivalent. Yeah. So if you go a dollar to five thousand, a dollar times one hundred and five thousand times one hundred and fifty. Back to a statement I made earlier today. I think I made earlier in this podcast, I think I started with a statement. For me to buy a month's worth of food for my family takes me a year and a half salary at today. No, no, no. At 2016 inflation rates Mm -hmm. and back to it's going to grow so much. Who knows? Maybe at the end of this year, it'll take two years salary to buy one month's worth of food. Mm -hmm. There's no wonder your people are eating out of the fucking trash can. Do you want me to tell you what's the minimum salary in Venezuela? Yes. Sixty-five thousand uh, believers. Okay. So if one dollar is five thousand, imagine how many sixty-five thousand. So how much is that? Sixty-five thousand divided by five thousand is going to give us thirteen dollars. That's the minimum salary. Yeah. A year. No, a month. A month. Okay. So I, I talked I, to Carlos about this a little bit today because he knew that we were uh, chatting with you tonight. And he's one of and our other Venezuelan friends. Car- people yeah, don't Carlos know who is he is. Venezuelan and uh, one of my favorite people. And I kind of ran some of my questions that I had written down past him. And uh, a question that he had was, how does it feel to know that when you do a work jump, when you do a skydive, every time you do a work jump, you're, you're basically making someone's monthly salary on every jump? 
which is a pretty mind-blowing thing. More than that, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, recent numbers, actually, I, some recent numbers I saw said you make $30 a month. That so you know as much as is thirty U.S. dollars. Thirty U.S. Yeah. dollars a month is is the average income. Thirty dollars. Yeah. So you're saying that's the minimum, but the average Venezuelan again, this is a BBC, and, yeah. and I think the BBC is very fair. They're, they're not as biased yeah, as yeah, some of our U.S. Yeah. news mm-hmm. uh, agencies. Um, thirty dollars, still, dude. We make more than thirty dollars a work jump. <laughs> yeah. How it's does ridiculous. it feel? And it's, remember, it's a oil oil country, richest country. Yes. That's put it in perspective. Is gross. So it's I want to come back to it. that one second. I want to a- ask Nick and 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 and, and Chulito what Carlos's question. How does it feel to know that you make a month's salary every time you make a skydive? Well, I never think about that because I this is dollars. You know, you pay everything in dollars here. You don't live in that finance anymore. You don't anymore. live in there. Uh, if I if I make dollars and live there, I will say wow. I don't. I, I didn't see that. I never thought about it. Maybe at the beginning, when I was when I moved here and I see the comparison, and maybe I was thinking about that. But once again, I I need to support my family in dollars, so I, I never see that like that, you know. But one now that you say it is, oh my gosh, it's it's ridiculous, you know. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's. And then you come back to the question you make, to the question you say. We see all this. It's a rich country. It's a rich economy. It's a rich place. But yet people are making $30 a month. Where does And all not just that. Yeah. And then you go to buy groceries, and they don't find anything. And they cannot afford it. And they don't have food. And you pray that you don't get sick. Because you're not going to find any medicines to cure you. And the you pray that you don't go to the hospital because you're going to die. The other day we have a, another Venezuelan. Uh, uh, she's very uh, nice. It's a nice girl. Um, she was here the other day and she was crying. I said, what's going on? Well, my... Uh, some relative was on the really old person was on the in the hospital and uh, something happened and he lost like four liters of uh, blood and uh, she's a doctor and she knew she knows everything is what's happening you know mm-hmm. and she was so depressed and she said I don't know she's he's gonna make it because there's nothing there and hopefully he 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 made it. Uh, he survived, 80 years old, something like that. And uh, but he knew she was there. Maybe she was able to help, but without any anything to give him, you know, you cannot do nothing about it. So everybody has, uh, you know, somebody that is struggling or whatever. Um, Not somebody. You almost have everybody. Every, well, I mean, you know, that yeah. struggling for for. So it's crazy. Some of the questions we bring up is where does the money go? And one of the places that I see, and one of the things that you hear talking about, and, and it's going to go so much deeper than this, is people, excuse me, the government pours some of the money back into the military. And one of the statements I heard I don't agree with, I'm going to put my own spin on it, is we show a strong government to show the rest of the world we're still powerful. 
I believe, and you tell me how you feel about this, Maduro... Who showed, who showed the government? The, the government, the, the, the Venezuelan government, during certain things, will show their, the strength of their armed forces by having jets fly by and having tanks out there. <laughs> having their, I don't think Maduro is showing this power to show the world how powerful Venezuela mm-hmm. is. I think he's showing this stuff to intimidate the people. Exactly. That's the main thing. But everybody's advertising Venezuela is still strong. No, no, no. no Maduro's no, no, saying, no. come at me, bro. Yeah, exactly. So the money's going to the government to oppress the people. Yeah. The money yeah, yeah, that should yeah. be going to you people. The money is going, I'm going to tell you where's the money is going. The money is going to <clears throat> sponsor Ecuador, the country, mm-hmm. with the president, what's his name? Uh, Rafael... Hmm. Is that? I don't know. That was the name. Uh, uh, Rafael Correa. 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 He's uh, he was a very very close friend of Venezuela, very uh, close to the revolution. Also, uh, the guy from Bolivia, the president from Bolivia, um, Cristina Kirchner, when she was president of Argentina. Okay. So those three guys, Morales, yeah, Evo Morales, those three guys, plus Chavez, Fidel Castro, and uh, Colombia, uh, FARC, guerrillas, mm-hmm. they were like uh, the malefic ring of the South. They were trying to expand the Cuban Revolution. But now... Cristina is no longer in power. There's another guy who said, <laughs> over. That's it. So Argentina, hopefully, uh, hopefully, no, uh, thanks God, get rid of that uh, connection with this malefic ring. And uh, we still have Eva Morales and Rafael Correa uh, trying to be on the same track as us with the, their countries, you know? Yeah, not as bad as us, but they're they're they, they're doing it, you know. And that's where the money is going to support to to you know to uh, raise the revolution to you know to. Uh, and we need people to understand the word revolution because historically, when <laughs> we think revolution, revolution is not a bad word. And, and and I want to think it in the American context because in the American context, the Revolutionary War is our freedom from other countries. And at some point, there was the, in the 1800s, if I remember right, 1811, uh, Venezuela actually got their freedom from Spain, and then a few years later got their true freedom from, from um, I forget the other country that you guys were associated to at that point. So we think revolution. The Grand Colombia, where we're Grand yes. Colombia, then in the Grand Colombia, we were independent, yeah, yeah. and then we became Venezuela. Yeah. I told you I did country. some homework. Not bad, right? <laughs> not bad for a white not boy. Not too bad, not too shabby. No. Um, so we think revolution as is a good word sometimes, but when we talk revolution, we're talking about the bad guys here. Is that a fair statement? Well, revolution is a. I, I always associated with re, uh, revolt. Revolution is something that we need to gain something and do something against you. Uh huh. That's a revolt. A revolution. I prefer the word evolution. 
I always prefer that. Get that you know? mic back in front of you. Yeah, actually, Thank did you, you notice up till now he was all He was all doing a really good it. job. Until you get emotionally charged. Oh, uh, sorry. Really you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a Latin thing. Like, Latin you love. Emotion, you know? I think the point that DJ is trying to make is that a lot of Americans view the word revolution as a positive thing. Like something that you'd want to be on board with. Because we think of the American revolution that founded the country and that you know all these patriots are part of the American yeah. revolution. But for... For you, when you for think me, when, when I hear revolution, I got like <laughs> yeah, it's the other side of the it's coin. The other right? side of it's, the coin, yeah. Uh, so I, I think DJ is just trying to clear that up. When you use the word revolu uh, revolution, that you're meaning it in a different way than an American person might understand mm -hmm. the word. Mm -hmm. It's um, so now this money is going to support this revolution. This money is going to support a a very bad cause because excuse me. A very bad cause because something that Nick nor I understood before tonight is the involvement of Castro, the communism, the socialism, the regimes that are trying to get involved. So all this money that could be going to the people, that could be supporting the system, that can be making what is a beautiful country and was once a very great country. Venezuela was known and and that's where I became shocked to find out the problems in your country are going to support dictators, mm -hmm. are going to support th their things, their families, their causes. Mm -hmm. What can we do about it? Good question. Let me let, uh, let me get that. The uh, revolution is, uh, they call it the socialism of uh, the 21st century. That was the name of the revolution, socialists of the 21st century. Give me a break. What we can do about it? Uh, from other countries, what we can do, we can do a lot. We can do a lot. We can uh, uh, put a stop, like uh, the way they do to the guy in Panama. I remember his name. Um, the president of uh, uh, the South is, uh, United States kicked his ass from Panama. Uh, this is quite a few years ago. This is Noriega. 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 Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Noriega. This is back when Man Manuel Noriega. This is back when the U.S. put troops out there and we had loudspeakers just blasting music at Noriega and his people. 1989. Yeah. Is yeah that was yeah. a while back, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a that's when rock and roll was rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that was happening. And, you know, they decided to do something about it. And they did. And they kicked him out. But there's the problem. You brought this up at dinner tonight. Why aren't we helping? And I say we, America is a country, America is people, the world. So we see all these causes. We see all these problems. And, I mean, first of all, I have to say this side note. We should take care of ourselves first and foremost. As a country, we're way too involved with other people's problems that we don't need to be involved with. But if we need to be involved with somebody's problems, there is true suffering going on there. Mm -hmm. There is a true problem going on there. So why – would you agree that we aren't doing – the world is doing nothing? You, you said – I think the, the world is upside down. What's happening in the world is crazy. What's happening in Syria is crazy. What's happening – all these countries, they've been suffering for years and years and years, and the countries right beside them, they do nothing about it. We're getting used to see things from the side that don't – do nothing, and that is the worst thing that can happen to uh, 
to our planet, to be indifferent. We've become observers, observers not participants no, in our exactly. planet. Exactly. And when you can, when you don't do nothing, when you, yeah, yeah, when you don't do nothing, you just nobody, you know, in a way. You you need to act. You need to do whatever you can to help, no matter what. You need to help, and that's our our main to to be right as a human beings to help each other, right? Yeah. So you can no look and just turn around and pretend that you didn't see. And that's exactly what's going on in Venezuela. People are saying, oh, yeah, poor guys, you know, well, they're fighting. You see that? Oh, my gosh. And then nothing. And that's what's happening with a, a lot of countries. But they cannot step inside and say, hey, over. Let's put a coalition together, you know, and let's help these guys and let's keep this asshole from there and let this guy build his country again, you know? But... I mean, I, my big worry about that, how, how do you put the right person in there? I mean, just looking at we the have United a, States We going have into so many n right people to well, run the country. There's a problem, though, right now, because the leader of the opposition, which, again, opposition is a good word for us. I forget his name right now. Leopoldo Lopez. But this is one of the leaders. I, the one guy, and you'll know who I'm talking about when I tell his story. He's been banned. He was the governor. Uh, Cabrillas. Cabrillas, yeah. Uh -huh. He's been banned from office for a lot, or for 15 years. Yeah. He can't run for office for 15 years. Imagine that, right? <laughs> because in our words, he's doing the right thing. He's representing the people. He's speaking up. He's trying to make a difference. And when he is, Fidel Castro, I'm sorry, I, I've now learned to associate Maduro and, and Chavez to Castro. So I'm, 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 yeah, I just yeah, want yeah. to call him all yeah, Castro, yeah, yeah. which I don't think is really wrong. Yeah. Um, Maduro actually banned him. I mean, Maduro and Chavez have done so much to give themselves the power of dictatorship. And I don't care what we call the government of Venezuela. Dictatorship's the only right word. It's the only right word. And, and, yeah. and I don't even know if dictatorship's harsh enough. Yeah. I don't, man. Uh, they're in our Hitler. So anytime somebody rises up, the government crushes them down. Exactly. When you when you have those kind of things that happening that are happening in Venezuela, when you don't have independence of power, when I'm when I say this is when you have the branch of uh, uh, legislative le branch, mm -hmm. and you have the branch of the e executive branch and judicial and branch. judicial, yeah. and they need to work independently. Yeah. They have to have to independence. That's a democracy. Yes, sir. in Venezuela, that's not happening. They are all run by the same guy, the same person, the so, same person. So, in order to call you a country with a democracy, you need to have that. You don't have that. Besides that. You have people with no rights, people getting killed. You have political prisoners. You don't have food. You don't. You don't respect. You have a lot of uh, human crimes. Uh, human crimes. Uh, human kind uh, crimes. Crimes against humanity. Crimes against. Sorry. Thank I you. I understood what you meant, man. Crimes against humanity. A lot. A lot. So we have so many things that they don't they, they say that we don't have we don't live in a democracy, we live in a dictatorship. And that's what's going on. So when all these countries around South America, around North America, and around the world is there. What other proof you want? Why don't you help us? When you ask me that question, what we can do 
to to let them know really I don't know what else we can do. I think I know where we can start. And as the average person, we don't have the power necessarily. We don't always have the finances and, and the funding. I'm going to ask something about that. But as far, and if you see anything that you need to deal with, let me know. Over no, no, there. no. Um, but I think the first thing we can do, and Kevin Craig asks the same question, what can we do? I would say people who are listening to this podcast, people who are watching this live video, how many of these people don't know what's going on? And you'd be amazed. I'm watching I'm watching comments here. And so many people have said, I don't know that. So many people talking to myself and probably Nick before this podcast said, I didn't know these ideas. So the first thing we can do is awareness. Stop watching your friends post free Venezuela and comment yourself free Venezuela. I post it, repost it, and you know, share these share videos. It. I would challenge everybody, and, and you know, there there can be a little self promoting in this statement, man. Please share the video that we're we're streaming tonight, Gravity Lab Radio video. Please share the podcast that we're going to post, and I hope this podcast has the most downloads we've ever had. Not for any reason except for we bring awareness by speaking out loud, by speaking our voice. People will become aware, and our current president, President Trump, um, some people have made fun of President Trump because one day Trump will say, I believe X should be law, and the next day he goes, well, never mind, I was wrong, X should be law, and people mock him for it. And I'm not going to say whether I do or I don't like Trump, but I will give Trump a little bit of credit. He says this should be the law, and then the people argue and say, you're a fucking idiot, bro. You know what? My bad. You can accuse him of backpedaling all you want. But the fact is, is as people, some politicians hear us. And I again, I'm not going to talk about good or bad for Trump. That's a whole other story. But at least he can actually change his mind. And if we speak out as people, as we speak out as, 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 as uh, citizens, right now the Venezuelan people are speaking out. There's been a massive protest going on for years, but the current massive protest. We talked about this tonight at dinner. It's been going on for how long? Uh, over a month. Over a month. I want to say it's something like 40, 45 days right now is where mm -hmm. we're getting near. Mm -hmm. And I would say there's been many protests in Venezuela like this, but I think this is the one that's got the most attention from the world. I wouldn't say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can say that. Yeah, yeah. The Al Jazeera network is is uh, so Qatar has their own. Um, it, it, the Al Jazeera network is actually Qatar uh, funded media. It's it's their media outlet, and some people argue whether Al Jazeera is actually controlled by Qatari government or mm -hmm. not, um, and, and whether they they propagate the Qatari. Um, a, a cause, but no matter what people argue about that with that, the Al Jazeera network is reasonably well known for outside of the Qatari cause spreading truth and, and talking about what's happening in an almost an unbiased fashion. I think bias always comes in. And almost uh, a very, very regularly, the state of Venezuela and hunger, the state of Venezuela and the economy, the state of Venezuela in general is actually uh, is, is in the Al Jazeera network and other places. So your people's protests are starting to draw attention. We're here today because of it. Um, are there? I, I want my friends in Venezuela to eat dinner tonight. I want these children to be able to grow up to be strong men. Are there causes us as Americans can give to? Are there donations? Are there foundations yeah. that we can? Yeah. Tell me about some of these. Well, uh, there's uh, a lot of people here in uh 
in the in Houston and also in Florida and Miami. And uh, I don't have the information now, but I'll let you know. Uh-huh. Uh, they're always uh, 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 getting supplies, getting medicine, getting food, and uh, to send it and ship it to Venezuela. And uh, uh, in order to help all these uh, guys uh, and kids and, uh, you know, all these people. And uh, also we're helping the protesters. We're helping the, the, the guys who are marching, the, the young kids, uh, the students, to help them to, you know, to have uh, something to, to um, uh, like uh, medicines for them, to mask everything, you know. And uh, yeah, there is a couple of organizations here in Houston and also in Florida. I don't know in other places. I'm pretty sure there is all over United States. There is some somebody who is recollecting, you know, yeah. supplies and everything. But uh, I don't know now who's doing it here. Daniel, I don't have the information. Daniel Angulo is watching. Daniel Angulo is commenting with us right now, and he's another very dear Venezuelan friend of ours. Um, Daniel, if you're listening to this, if you can post some of those organizations, Daniel can look these up and recognize it. I think Nick just looked up a couple of them. But Daniel, you'll recognize them better. Nick, if you found anything, did it, you? It's hard to tell what's legitimate and what's not. I mean, there's uh, Help Sending Food to Venezuela by Belce Gonzalez. It's a GoFundMe account. Uh, there, there are a handful that pop up right away. But uh, I, I, I have one person that is legit. I have it here, uh, but I don't. I don't know exactly their uh, he, uh, her uh, address or whatever. I mean, let's just say that to today. Them. Let's say if we went uh, right Daniel's now, Daniel's looking and, for it right now. By and, the way, okay. and mailed food to someone who you know in Venezuela. Do you think that w- it would make it through customs? And do you think it's actually going to get there? Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna get there. Good question, Mister. Yeah, it's gonna get there. Last time that I sent it, it was uh, 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 three weeks ago, and he. he he went through. Yeah. It's, um, we need to find causes. A, a friend of ours, I don't know if either one of you know Clay Johnson. He's he's a young jumper at Spaceland. He's a firefighter. And he actually has a cause called Mutual Aid. And Mutual Aid is designed to support firefighters in third world, is just an easy way to describe it, Latin countries. I believe he's married to a, no, no, he's married to American guy. I, I met his wife. She's American. But he has a heart and a passion for the Latin people and the people of South and Central America. So he raises money. He raises funds. He raises food for those folks. So I, I do know that I can go to mutual aid and deal with some good things. Mm-hmm. But again, right now, my direct concern is Venezuela. I think these other countries need the help. But how many Venezuelan friends do I have? Danny Raffaelli, Daniel V, um, Vin- Venals, uh, Daniel Angulo. Man, they're all named Daniel. What the <laughs> hell? Daniel Raul. It's like in Chile, uh, Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Chile, Sebastian, Seba. Um, to me, this matters This matters a lot. And Daniel does, Angulo uh, makes a point. A lot of these places, and, and you said it, and it can be scammed, so we don't know if they're worth it. So definitely, I was going to say, take the time to send some messages. Let's get some people some resources and get, get some people ways to find things out. Uh, Mr. Angulo actually says, damn, I'm late. Um, he was a little bit bummed out that he missed the beginning of this. Uh, this It's a, interesting. A lot of Venezuelans are tuning in tonight. Uh, guys, you can definitely go on your smartphones, go on your iPads, go on your Kindles, whatever device you use. Find a podcast app and uh, search for Gravity Lab Radio. If you don't have a podcast app, iOS devices have a, 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 a podcast app natively called Podcast. That makes it easy. Um, 
But if you don't have a native podcast app, uh, search in your app store for Podbean. The only reason I recommend Podbean is because Podbean is actually the host that I use as well for this for this podcast. So I know you're going to have an easy search finding. And then Podbean is, is a free is podcast. So those of you who want to catch up with this, uh, definitely look it up. And, and hopefully Daniel here later on, and, and I'll keep an eye out. We'll come back. I think you sent a message out to yep. get. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get ways that we can help in ways this that we can. This person is a person who always. Uh, been involved with this uh, uh, organization, mm-hmm. and so I just ask ask her uh, where or the direction or you know info about it. Cool, it, it's something we need to know. It's something we we definitely need need to do. Um, it blows. I've learned so much yesterday and today. I I just I have a thousand directions my mind goes, and I still don't know where to go with it all. You know, do you do you notice and all? I don't know if you've been watching all these videos of the, the people protesting and fighting against the the national guards and all that kind of stuff. Do you notice that not even one person that are protesting have any kind of guns or weapons? I did notice that, and I I actually wonder if it's because the guns just aren't there, aren't in the country, aren't available, or if it's uh, you know they're their efforts to try and keep the peace and just get the... They don't want to fight with guns. They don't have guns. We don't have guns. The only guns they have is uh, the government and the collectivos, the the, the guys who tra- the government train for to support the, the government. But we don't have guns. So just have uh, hands, rocks, uh, whatever tool they can find, the shields, you know? That's what they, you call it? A shield. Yeah, yep. shield. And uh, just to uh, Molotov, they build it, all that kind of stuff. That's it. And a lot of courage. Yeah, I when I see things like that, I try and imagine what it would take to get me in the streets here. Like, what would have to happen here in America to get me out with the mask on my face, throwing tear gas cans back at the police? Like, Yeah, uh, I'm paint. And it would take it would take a lot for me to be to be out there. So yeah. I mean, I think that just says uh, a lot about how the situation really must be and how desperate people really are. When you get to a point, and I hope never you get to a point when you get to in the street to fight for your freedom, uh, it was gonna be easy. But you think if the Venezuelan people had guns, if there were guns available, you think that would be part of the fight? There is a few that have guns, but the, the moment they have guns, is going to turn into something The else. government banned guns 10 years ago. Oh, is yeah. that true? Yeah. yeah. And that's one thing we argue about in America, pro-gun, uh, anti-gun. If you know Trent Alkeck, then you pro, <laughs> you're pro-gun. That's just Trent's way. Um, I, I'm pro-gun. I'm not going to... Uh, talk too much about those ideas. Um, I own a few rifles. I, I really don't have a need for them. I just enjoy shooting. But one of the things that a lot of Americans uh, don't know or a lot of Americans won't say is one of the reasons we're supposed to have the right to bear arms is to protect ourselves from our own country. If our country ever had a problem, you know, there, there is different guys and different arguments. But if my country suddenly became Venezuela, I should be able to overtake my government. And now I no longer have the ability to. And I think you just made a point. If Venezuelans did have guns, it actually might be worse. It might be worse because the people are not trained to use guns. You know, yeah. how do you gonna, how do you gonna use your guns? Use blah blah blah, and that's it. Where are you gonna get yeah. your munitions? And you know, you're gonna fire one time, and then 
What? And Gulo points out that, you know, civilians can't defend themselves, but at the same time, let's go with the logic that some of my friends have. My father is one of these folks. You must have a thousand rounds for every weapon you have. So my dad had my, my dad's a twenty-eight year Marine. The dude's got a freaking arsenal. He he really does. My dad is Trent Alcat growing up when it comes to guns. And so they're not going to run out of bullets. And so if I have the weapons, if I have the bullets, now civilians can defend themselves. Now we turn into a civil war. It's it's a, it, it was going to be a civil war. Completely. And yeah. there's bloodshed, but that bloodshed might become necessary yeah. for those people to be free. So, yeah. you know, I want to think about that in my country. You never know when this is going to end and how it's going to end. I but hope definitely, it's definitely something is going to happen. Because people are not going to stop protesting. They're going to yeah. stop doing this. Maybe this is going to turn into something like that. We don't know yet. Maybe the militaries are going to start, you know, protesting as well. And I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. But uh, we are thinking the, the, the end is close. So we're thinking the end is close. We have two things going on right now, and I think they're directly related. One of them you're going to have to explain to me a little bit more than the other. And, l and let me know if you've got those answers right there. Sorry, guys, Raul is checking his phone right now, but we're really trying to find a place that we can help the Venezuelan people out right now. Um, the two things that are going on right now is, first of all, Maduro's term ends in 2019. And earlier you, you hinted to this, but there are a lot of people in Venezuela who are trying to basically get him ousted and get early elections. Now, those early elections um, could get Maduro replaced, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Maduro right now is trying to get a new election process implemented. And knowing both of those things, I wonder, is Maduro trying to get this new election process implemented so if they make an early election, he can control the election results again? Yeah, for sure. He's trying now to, uh, do, to change the Constitution at this point, right now. He's trying to do that. Can we don't want elections now we want him get out of the country and we want new elections with new uh he he shouldn't even be able to run no nothing what's we that stupid word we call it every president in our last 20 years they've everybody screamed about having the president impeached impeached thank you yeah I can't. When uh, Obama first got elected, I think it was uh, maybe a week before I saw the first impeach Obama sticker. It's like, man, I just don't understand. I mean, impeachment for someone like the situation that we're talking about seems totally valid. When you have an entire country suffering, united against the people in control who are obviously taking advantage of them, that there is money, there is oil, there are resources there, that it's just not making its way to the people. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But when you... Uh, pull up the idea of impeaching someone just because they're a different race than, than you or whatever it is, yeah. whatever people really had a problem with Barack Obama. I mean, that just makes it when, when an issue really does come up that, uh, that that would be a valid response to, that impeachment would be a valid uh, and reasonable decision. You've already used that. You've already used that up. But uh, has, it, has Venezuela ever impeached a leader before? Is that something that, that yeah. can happen? Yeah, yeah. One president was impeached. Carlos Andres Perez was impeached. What year was that? I uh, don't remember. 2000. Oh, uh, Have to be pre-98. After, no, 2000. Uh, but I thought Chavez was president from 98 that. through 2013. Yeah. So we had a, so how could we have... No, a, uh, he was... 
let me let me get my hat, head straight. Yeah, go for it, man. He was ninety-two, is what Angulo na- suggested. Yeah, 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 ninety something. Yeah. Thank you, something. Daniel yeah, Angulo, yeah, for joining 90 us. Something. No, I was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chavez was from ninety-eight to two thousand twelve, thirteen. Yeah, yeah. She gave me the address. Let me. It's just for food, no medicine. Ah, she said. The organization, uh, the name is Saludos Venezuela. He's going to give me the info right now. Okay. And then when we get that information, uh, Mr. P over here, Nick Law, will be, and somebody else says no, 98 is when, um, uh, okay, never mind, I'm catching up. Um, once we get that information, if you'll hand your phone off to Nick so he can post it in the comments yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So we'll read this address out loud. Uh, Nick will actually post the address on the podcast or, excuse me, on the Facebook page. That way we can share it. And uh, when we get done with this, I'll encourage everybody to, to share this information. Um, back to, uh, is this, look at this on the screen, Raul. Operation Saludas of Venezuela. I think that's the one, yeah. Yeah. So let, me, let me confirm. That we'll confirm it before we share this page, guys, because we don't want to share the scams. We don't want to share the bad things. We want to share the it right It says this things. is a nonprofit based in Houston. So if that, so uh, this looks like we're going the right direction because this I is think the way that's the one, yeah. Saludosconnection.org is something in here. Yeah, and... Um, Sorry, guys. We're just looking a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're sharing a screen, and uh, we're a little bit lost. Um, we are fighting the war. Man. So he's, he's trying to change the Constitution now, and, uh, of course, he we need to go for uh, He's trying to <clears throat> do it without the consentment of the people, you know? Yes. And that's not constitutional. And... Uh, he, if he wants to run for uh, to, to run elections again, if he runs election, and the person who runs that institution, the CNA, right? Mm-hmm. CNA is the the the, um, uh, the institution. The name of the institution. Sorry, oh. you lost me. I was I'm still trying to look up this. I got uh, the Gmail. Okay, here. Yeah, hand me your phone. I'll- Great. You just handed your phone over to Mr. P. You were about to send all sorts oh, of dirty messages to the world, man. I'm not a child. I don't mess <laughs> <with people's> business. <laughs> Give me back my phone as soon as no, you can. Now I don't, don't trust worry. you. The worst thing um, that's going to happen is I'm going to like Nickelback. That's it. So <laughs> if, they, if, they, if, if we all, all of us know that they can control that, so if he wants to do that election, it's pretty possible that they won't. They they win again, right? Uh-huh. So that's gonna legit, in a way, uh, until the eyes of the world that he's doing it right. So no, we don't want that because we know for sure that he he doesn't have the support of the people of Venezuela. You know, the the governor who uh, Carreras or something like that, the governor who's been banned, Ca- uh, Capriles. Capriles, yeah. Um, would he be somebody for president that we would? He wanted to be, and if but I don't know if he's uh, he's uh, willing to be on the next uh, term. Term, I don't know. I know, I know that the guy uh, Leopoldo Lopez, who is in prison since uh, 2014, three years now, because he was. They say that he was pushing the people to go to the street and protest, which is 
Okay. That's a normal thing to do, right? If you yeah. were put for something, they put it in prison for that. Sure. And uh, he's still in jail. And his wife become a heroine. Uh-huh. Hero. Heroine. Heroine. That's heroine. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and she is, uh, they have two kids. And uh, she's become an icon in Venezuela as a woman leader trying to, you know, and she's fighting against this government really hard. And they were just to, they hide this Leopoldo Lopez 33 days. No, they, uh, how do you say, when they put it in uh, restriction without not seeing anybody? Solitary. Solitary. And she couldn't see, she couldn't know nothing about him. She went to visit the White House. She went to visit Trump. She went to visit the ONU. She went to visit, she's been all over the place to help, to try to see what she can do to help Venezuela. And also to help his, uh, to to help uh, her uh, husband. And Daniel Angulo kind of chimes in here. This is Chavez's number one contender. This is this was Chavez's. Oh yeah, completely. And so reasonable to say this is Maduro's number one contender. And based off what I'm learning, if the election process was run properly, not run by Maduro's government, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. If it was run properly, he'd probably be your president. Yeah. What would happen if he was your president? Who, Leopoldo Lopez? Yeah. Now, of course, this is speculation. Things are going to start changing. Yeah. It's going to be difficult at the beginning, but everything step by step is going to be doing, you know, it's going to change in a good way. It's going to be more freedom to the people. There's uh-huh. going to be uh, stuff on the supermarket. The um, uh, uh, Property, private property is going to be in place because they're trying to get rid of the proper pro- uh, proper, uh, private property. Yeah. So the country is going to start, you know, moving on in the right direction. So a little wha- by little. So right now, Venezuela has the support, support of these other countries, formerly Argentina, but Ecuador, Cuba, this, this, this whole world that's... Bolivia. Tri- Bolivia. Russia. Russia. Even China has China. some there There's a lot of handshaking and bed shape, uh, uh, handshaking and, and getting in bed together with these communist countries. Mm-hmm. Now Lopez becomes president. What happens to Venezuela from these other countries? Are you guys going to struggle? Are you going to be attacked? Or I mean, what's 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 nothing? Nothing. Get out of here. <laughs> We're good to go. Yeah. I mean, of course, I think at that point suddenly we're going to stop giving money to them. The money is going to stay in Venezuela. The money is going to go to the people, you know? But so that the money part brings me a question because right now I and I can't I can't remember the exact terms of this. I've read this this idea, but right now Venezuela owes China so much in oil because of a loan. It's a lot of money. You know that when Chavez start his presidency was yeah. the national debt was uh, 35 billion dollars okay N- when he left when he died it was 136 billion dollars so it's increased by just over 100 billion so he did a good uh, presidency <laughs> 10 billion dollars a year in debt is what he increased there you go and a lot of it's to china china and uh, russia yeah. and uh, all, all this country that, you know? So we break bonds. I say we. I sp- right now I'm speaking as a Venezuelan people. They I, sell the country. They what? They, they sell the country. They, they sell, sell country. the country. So let's say Lopez becomes president. Let's say things work out and we're in a great place. 
you say we we just we, we forget all these other people, but we can't completely forget them because Venezuela is still going to have to pay off these debts. Well, they're going to find a way to pay it because we're not wasting or they're not uh, paying all their stuff that we're not need, we don't need to pay. So, so the money's going to go where whatever needs to go. So those know? payments will still happen. And all this other money wasted in the in the what revolution will come back to the people. It's a lot of money wasting in something that is not worthy for Venezuela. You know, it's for for all the reasons. Mm -hmm. So that's money going to stay in Venezuela. We're going to still, of course, we're going to still obliged to pay our debts, and that's going to be easy to pay it because we are a rich country. We can pay mm. it, but. The money that the, the the money that the rest of the money is gonna stay in our country, for our people, to grow, for all of us, you know. So it's taken Venezuela years to get where we're at. It's taken Venezuela years to to, to be in this horrible, horrible, impoverished state. Let's say it's taken ten years. I think that's a what year is it? Two thousand. It's gonna take maybe more than that. Okay, 2017, Chavez came in to rule 20 years ago, oh. 18 years ago, because 99, he was elected in 98, he took office in 99. So Chavez is the beginning of this regime, um, of at least this current version of the regime. So it, it, 20 years, we're 20 years into this, into this horrific state. Mm -hmm. How many years do you think it'll get back to being a reasonable place? No less than 10 years. But at least we're going to be on a good track, you know? So yeah. little by little, we're going to get better and better and better. And people, when, when you see the thing moving, it's going to start moving faster and faster and faster. Snowball you know? effect. Snowball effect. Yeah. I, I say it about friends all the time. I can take two friends, and, and Mr. P here is, is, a, is a horrible human being. He's a horrible man. He, he's, he's a man who's just struggling. And you're a really good dude. But you're stagnant in your growth, and Mr. P is actually getting better every day despite being a horrible man. We have more respect and more love for that man because he's growing every day. And if Venezuela gets to that same point, if Venezuela gets to the point where we can grow again, hopefully the world can recognize the country before that. But I think as Venezuela grows again, the world will start supporting and making it better. We will, yeah. You know, again, why is America not doing it you know why, why 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 aren't we involved why aren't we i helping? don't know i don't know you know especially i know some senators like marco rubio uh-huh they're he, they're trying he's trying to uh raise awareness he's trying to see to um how do you say to um uh all these guys have got money here from the government he's trying he's pushing hard to uh block all the money that they have here because it's crazy the amount of money that they have here. So he's trying to block it because they know. The they, money that the, the government or the, the Venezuelan guys, government has. The Venezuelan, not just the Venezuelan government as a government, they, each individual okay. has for his own thing here in, in the state. And they are blocking all his accounts, multimillionaires' accounts. Um, uh, Accounts like millions and millions and millions of dollars. So two things: one, move that microphone back in front of your mouth, 
<laughs> just move, just move it to the to the right a little bit, so it's in between you and DJ a little more. There you go. But uh, two, it doesn't uh, it doesn't worry you to think about what might happen if the United States intervenes in Venezuela. I mean, I'm just thinking about Iraq. You know, we go in, we take out this dictator, and now we've been in Iraq for I don't know how many years it is now, but the, the number of civilian casualties and it just doesn't yeah, it well, doesn't look great. Does let that, me tell does you something. You? We don't uh, we 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 don't we don't. We don't really want an intervention for any country to Venezuela, but because we think we can solve our problems by our, by our own, you know? You, you but just if think that you need help getting, getting if, these people out of power. Yeah, but if it's going to be the only way to get these guys out of the country, we need to take what, it, what we have. Okay, let's do it. But uh, I think uh, as soon as they, these guys notice there is a movement or something coming inside oh my gosh these guys are going to take off so before you, something happened you think it's just the real threat of something new coming coming there they're, they're, they're gonna leave they're gonna leave I they're mean, cowards they're cowards oh is yeah that you completely think? i yeah. mean to me i mean again i don't know all that much about it but it does seem a little bit like they're using some of that military force to they are so small they are so small on the military way you know for us it's a big thing but uh, comparing to other countries there's they're nothing now and sad to say it but it's it's like that so what what's the uh average family size like in venezuela Do, are venezuelan families usually large like lots of kids well it used to be long long time ago it was a large family like uh, maybe uh father mother and maybe 10 kids that was long wow. long long time ago now it's Two kids maximum. So how many brothers and sisters do you have? Me? Yeah. Four. Okay. But so I'm talking about uh, a long time ago, generation. all generations. Just the videos that I saw uh, earlier today, it seemed like a lot of the, the poor people, the, they had a lot of kids. Well, and, yeah, because uh, they don't have the education to, you know, to understand that they cannot, they need to protect, they need to um, uh, plan, to plan, uh, to have a plan in order to have kids. Uh, they cannot have more than two or three kids if they want to support them well, you know. They don't have that kind of education. But uh, I don't think now in the ru rural areas they have more than three kids. I don't know. I need to search that. I know that. I don't know that is a fact. I mean, it, it, it just seems like with the, the food availability going down exactly. that it would have to happen, that people would just yeah. really, really slow down on, on having babies. Yeah. And what's the, I would also wonder what's the infant mortality rate because in, in your time growing up and in 20 years ago, a child was born with disease or problems, supporting them was no problem. I don't remember that. Uh, I, I know I read about it, but I don't remember that. Mr. P, uh, can you look up infant mortality rate in Venezuela? I know it's high. Now it's high than uh, four years ago yeah it's i so sorry i stepped out for a second I, I really have to go to the bathroom one thing that is really nice is my bathroom is adjacent to here so i could listen to the whole conversation that was going on i was eavesdropping you guys while i was on the potty um the pedro has actually joined us and says thanks guys venezuela need help and absolutely we, we need to help venezuela uh, Nick was asking you about the American government helping the American government being invo involved, and you said they would run like cowards. So with Noriega, we sat there and we just was like, "Yeah, we ain't gonna take it. Play rock and roll." So if we go in and we do the same thing to Maduro, you think we could very quickly 
help the country. We as an American government could very quickly help the Venezuelan country. There's a lot more politics to it than this. But if we went out there and made our presence known and tried to do what we did in Panama, you think that would be a huge help? That we were talking about now. Uh, like I said, uh Uh, the the less that we want is somebody to interfere or in, get an intervention from another country, but is that's the only way. Of course, we're gonna accept it, right? But uh, I was telling the Nick, the, I think the moment that they smell that somebody's going to uh, invade Venezuela uh, from here or something. Oh my gosh, these guys are gonna. Whoosh, get out of there. They're not going to have the strength to fight. They don't have nothing to fight. You know? We're close to the end. There, There's no doubt about it. We have to be. The The awareness, as much as the debt in Venezuela, as much as inflation in Venezuela has grown exponentially, mm -hmm. the awareness is growing exponentially now as well. And, uh, Nick, I'd also like you at some point to look up the infant mortality rate in the United States because I believe we're looking at about 13 to 1,000. Every 13 and every, of every 1,000 children born, 13 and a half are dying. Is a, that what I saw? A number I, that was 12.5 uh, per 1,000. Uh -huh. But this, uh, this article I just pulled up, Venezuela's infant mortality rate uh, rose 30% last year. Maternal mortality shot up 65%. So it's definitely something that's, uh, that's on the rise. Malaria mm. shot up 76%. And all these things have, have have risen because people just can't get what you say time and time again is the basic medicines. You like the way that Finally. might seem better? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does it differently. Um, <laughs> and, and it's because we, we the, the Venezuelan people don't have the medicines. They don't have the food. And I kind of want to to take that side note. Nick, did I, I went to the bathroom. Did you get a chance to share that Facebook page? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's up. Let's, uh, uh, so people are sharing it on comments, but back to a lot of people are downloading this podcast. So let's share see, the name yeah. uh, on audio. What's the name of the group? Let me look it up just so I don't say it wrong. Uh, I found their uh, Facebook, which was... Sorry, we've had a lot of comments, so it's going to take me a second. Uh, Facebook.com slash O-P-S-A-L-U-D-O-S, Ops Saludos. So that's their Facebook page. And then uh, their website is saludosconnection.org. Mm -hmm. uh, it's important to get in there, register, and you're going to start getting information and uh, uh, other emails for other people that also do this kind of uh, um, help So, uh, so if you're driving around right now, listening to this podcast in your car, if you're sitting at home right now watching this video live, stop whatever you're doing. Stop looking at me on Facebook and go to this Facebook page. Like their page. Find out the information. Go and register on their website to keep up to date. Um, it's so important to me that people have this awareness. So, so thank you for finding that. Um, I just want to read some numbers because Mr. Angulo, it, it, it amazes me, it impresses me how educated my Venezuelan friends are of your own government. And it shouldn't amaze me because we should all be aware of our own society. Of course. Yeah. But Daniel Angulo, almost 11,500 babies died in 2016. Carla Cate, 30% more than last year. Daniel Angulo, 756 mothers died giving birth in 2016. Mm -hmm. And I would bet a majority of all those numbers wouldn't happen if the basics of medicine of course. were there. 
<laughs> of course. The because we don't have the basics now. We don't have nothing. We don't have nothing. That's why we are on the street fighting. These, so many things that we're missing now. You know, so many things is sad. It's really so, sad. Uh, I couldn't, I, I cannot believe that this is going on, you know? Yeah. I cannot believe that the country that I grew up, the country that I was so beautiful, uh, I mean, uh, it is it's still beautiful, but I mean, it was so nice, so big, so uh, uh, beautiful in any aspect, from the people, from the everything. Now we are struggling with this. And it's a lot of people dying. Every single person that died because of it is a die that belongs to Chavez and Maduro. They are the real, they are, they are, these guys are the guys who are killing all these guys because there is not other, there is not reason for this, no reason. We have nothing else to live for. I don't know how many Venezuelans I've heard say that. In the videos Nick and I have watched over the last couple of days, we've heard it many times. Uh, hearing from it all the time from my friends, and even Daniel Angulo right now says, we have nothing left to lose. Yeah. We have nothing left to live for as far as what exists right now. Yeah. Um, the poverty, I, I can't emphasize enough, man, what I've seen, and I've not seen anything. My sister is a very, very devout Christian young lady. And something I didn't know is my sister took a missions trip to Venezuela. And when I found that out, I actually knew this at some point. I found that out. I'm thinking, like, why the hell do you need to go help people in Venezuela? Obviously, I didn't know what was going on then and there. And as much as I've seen these videos, as much as I've been described things, she tells me stories like you tell me stories. A majority of Venezuela... Let, let, let's watch TV right now. Let's go into my living room and let's turn on, on some cable network. And at some point, some talking head's going to pop up on TV and say, for 33 cents a day, you can feed a starving child in Africa. And they're going to show this child starving child. They're going to show this starving child in Africa. Mm -hmm. Just change the skin tone a little bit of the kid and say Venezuela. Yep. That's a fair statement. Yeah. You know, we know about these all over the place. That's that's one way to 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 do it to help uh, people sending medicine, um, most of all. But the other way to help is to raise awareness about what's going on with our government. That we have a dictatorship. That we need to try to get rid of this guy and let the world know that we cannot have this guy in power anymore. And because it's gonna destroy us, it's gonna. Now we have f f since one month ago, over forty days, forty something people died protesting, specifically on the street. People without weapons. People without, without weapons. Guns. Yeah. Back to I watched I a dude get beat to crap. He wasn't fighting. You maybe you you could you could see one of them. They just kill it right there on the floor just because they want to. So, so this this is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. Help us, please help us to uh, get rid of this guy. Do we're, you know Harold Castro? Who? Harold Castro. No, he's a jumper, I believe. Um, I, I don't know if he's in Venezuela or not, but I'm diabetic. I haven't found a single bottle this year. I'm running out of fuel. Imagine. 
man, I hope we can help him. You know, the, I, right here, I'm just looking at Harold's Facebook page. He lives in Caracas, Venezuela. Um, he's a Venezuelan skydiver. So I, I do believe, based off all these statements and all the evidence in front of us, a guy in Venezuela who's diabetic can't even get his medicine. And you can, people die from diabetes. Diabetes is a disease, it is a problem. Um, what is he's, uh, what is he's, uh, looking for? Uh, his, his insulin. He, insulin. Not, yeah, I'm oh guessing gosh. based off of that. Uh, Daniel Angulo knows him. He, he's a friend of his. Okay. And he, and he is a jumper. Angulo is confirming all these Tell ideas. Tell him to send uh, his address, his information, so we can see we can send him something. Uh, Harold, you're hearing that, man. Yes, you're from Venezuela. Harold, uh, post your address. Post your information somewhere. Send it. In, uh, please, if you don't want to put it on the comments in this, then send it to me in a private message. And, folks, right now, if you want to help the people of Venezuela, Nick has shared this group and this organization, thanks to, to Raul finding it and his friend. Um, I think a lot of us have contacts in Venezuela. Um, direct. Uh, uh, um, what, what's that guy's name again? Harold. Harold. Send Daniel Angulo a direct message. Daniel, thank you for facilitating this. Uh, our friends are going to help get you the, the, the help you need. And get in contact with this. Uh, uh, Saludos. Saludos, Venezuela. Yeah. They might help you. Yeah. So there, there are so many small things we can do. And unfortunately... A small thing to me sounds like a huge thing to you. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of working skydivers listening to this podcast right now. I will throw it down right now. I'm going to donate a lot more than one work jump, but I challenge all my friends, take one work jump's worth of money that will and be donate awesome. to this cause. You're donating one fucking jump mm -hmm. worth of money. That's a month of a man's life. Mm -hmm. Guys, every single one of us, let's go ahead and donate one work jump. That would month, be awesome. That would month. be awesome. Not once ever. We all donate one work jump. We can turn that month. into medicine, and that medicine is going to help a bunch of people in Venezuela. Bunch of people. And that will be the difference between dying and live. Valerie and I are constantly looking for causes to support. Valerie is, is a giver. Um, you know Valerie's much a giver because she married me. <laughs> she is a woman <laughs> of, of cause and sympathy. She married me. Uh, she's a giver. She's a, I don't think she has much of a choice, huh? Um, <laughs> no, she has a choice, and she chooses to love me. But I tell you right now, you've seen the way I treat my wife. I earn it every day. You saw how I love on her. I have the best wife in the world, and I deserve her because every day I fight for it. Um, but that being said, what we need to do, is, what Valerie and I do, is we always look for causes to support. And I really think I, I, I am going to donate money to these causes, but I want to get involved. So I, I do plan on looking at this organization a little bit more. I want to know what I can do to give my time to help. And uh, Valerie, I know you're listening out there somewhere as well. And, and our friends, a lot of our friends who can't afford to, to help, then go ahead and take the time away and say, you know what, I can afford the time. I can go, Nate, donate two hours, four hours, six hours a day to donate to these people. Working jumpers, I suggest you donate one working skydive a month to this cause. Fun jumpers, I know DZOs are going to fucking kill me for this one. Drop zone owners for my non-skydiving buddies. Uh, fun jumpers, stop making one fun jump a month. And that one fun jump a month, donate the money to these causes. There's so... Yeah. Again, it sounds like so that's little important. That's really important for us. And also... Um, what I was going to say, um, 
there's different ways to do it. If you cannot donate anything because of, you can, uh, as soon as you get a message from Venezuela, what's going on in Venezuela, just uh, uh, share it. Share it, and that will that will be helpful with a bunch of friends. You never know who's got the power to help, and that will be the difference. So I know it's kind of difficult to get a lot of message from when you have a Venezuelan friend and you have all these uh, posts uh, from Facebooks or uh, on the other medias. Uh, please, please, just share it. Share it. You don't want to read it, don't read it, but at least share it, okay? Uh, that's important for us. It's our country and the, the country that we love. And uh, we live here. We we love USA. We love this country. It's been so nice with us. We love the people. It's amazing. And you know how much I I thankful to 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 be here and to the people that help us to be here. But mm -hmm. of course, I love my country, and I need to do something about it. I need to help, and I still have family there, and all of us, the Venezuelan community in the U.S., we need to do something about it. We cannot be strangers, you know? We need to do something about it. You might not think anybody's watching your Facebook feeds, but I promise you, man, you people, I'm e-stalking every single one of you. I, uh, I don't participate on Facebook as much as I lurk, but if I post on Facebook and only two people appreciate what I post, and those two people share it to their friends, and only two people appreciate what each one of them post, and then only two people, we grow so much exponentially. And you said it, it only takes the one right person yep. to see it. We all have friends who are high up in corporations. We talked about this with Jump for the Rose. Uh, there are corporations who might be able to support Jump for the Rose and breast cancer, but at the same time, we might get the right politician. We might get the right... Oh. Um, a corporate man. We might get the right person with money. We might get the right influencer to see this. So, yep. folks, in the day of social media, in the day of, of transparency, there is a bit of transparency with social media. Mm -hmm. Share this information. Let people know what's going on. I, I, I can't... I, I've learned so much in the last time frame I've known you, but particularly the last two days and two nights. How can we sit by and just watch a beautiful country and a beautiful people die just existing. You say that the government's killing them with violence and to a point they are, but the government's killing them through starvation. For, yeah, different ways. Yeah. In a different way. Yeah. It, it blows my mind. And man. I know for sure in the future we're going to get, uh, you guys are going to get to visit uh, Venezuela when the, uh, Venezuela is uh, is changed and is safe, safe to again. visit. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure you're gonna love it. And I'm pretty sure that more, a lot of you guys are gonna stay there. They don't wanna come back uh, because of uh, a lot of beautiful things uh, in Venezuela. So we're gonna make a jump into Tortuga Island. Yeah, and then we're gonna dream some margaritas and hang there, out with some there senoritas. You go. Right? So, Mr. P, <laughs> I figured out the cause of this podcast. If no, uh, if nothing else happens, when Venezuela is a safe place to visit, you and I have made so many Venezuelan friends tonight. We're gonna get a good trip go. to Venezuela we're one on, day, on the beach, and baby. friends are gonna show us where to. Go. I love it. And you're going to eat arepas and you're going to eat cachapas. I don't know if you ever... Cachapas? Arepas. 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 Have you ever... No, but I, I was showing off my Spanish for a second. Oh, my gosh. Arepas. Arepa what Venezolana. is arepas? Arepa is a, is a round, flat, corn, um, uh, white wheat. Okay. All right? The little kid who had cheese had arepas. Yeah, that's yeah. how I knew the name. Yeah. You can fry it or you can't... Uh, 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 
um, grill it and then put it in the oven so it's crisp, crispy on the outside and soft, soft on the, on the inside. inside. Yeah. Oh. And then you can when you could put it out of the oh my god, I might. Sounds like a good woman, crispy <laughs> on the outside. <laughs> you just open it up and you just put inside whatever you want. Okay, you can put a butter with uh, cheese, avocado, ham, um, um, meat, fish, a salad, whatever you want, beans, whatever you want. It's delicious, delicious. And you can have it for uh, breakfast, for lunch, for <laughs> dinner. You can have it for dinner and breakfast at the same time. Whatever is delicious. So does that Colombian restaurant that I went to, do they have arepas? There are different arepas. There are arepas from, uh, uh, they made it in a different way, but it's pretty close. You need to try the Venezuelan arepas. Are there any good Venezuelan restaurants? Here we have uh, some Venezuelan restaurants. Yeah, we have. We have some Venezuelan restaurants. Pretty much are like... uh, Baker, baker, uh, bakeries, bakeries. Is it, so let's put it this way in the next two or three weeks, I want yourself, your wonderful family, myself, Valerie, Mr. P and, and, and anybody who's willing to join him, <coughs> Sam, um, <laughs> she, she's flaking out on some of our goals. Um, is there a place that we could all go to dinner? That's Venezuelan style. Uh, I'm going to get you in trouble. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. She's not going to listen to this. Good when we're safe. <laughs> um, uh, here I need to find out. Uh, did it, I know somebody told me the other day that we need to go to this place, it's a Venezuelan place, but I've never been there, so I need to try. Let's go explore together. Yeah, so I, I want to you remember who told you. Uh, yeah, I need to ask who I need to ask. It's a friend of my friend, of my wife. It's like we can't even ask questions. Everybody's a friend of a friend with this guy. No, 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 it's a friend <laughs> of my wife. What are you hiding? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, did, did Maduro send you here? Did Maduro <laughs> no. send you here? No, I mentioned Are that. you part of the government? No way. No. Um, find out where it is. Yeah. Let's set a date, man. Uh, Mr. P, I hope you don't mind. Let's go out to dinner with these. With these no, man. Find some good Venezuelan uh, food. I, I really enjoyed that Colombian food. So if we can have something even, Colombia even was closer good, huh? to... Colombia. Uh, Colombia is a, you know, Colombia was really, really in bad shape. Like uh, maybe 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Really, really bad. And then flip. Completely. We were okay, and they were bad. Now they're, they're wow, what a nice, it's a beautiful country, beautiful people, same as, well, I think we're a little bit better than them. Sorry for my <laughs> Colombian friends. <laughs> beautiful women, nice. They really, really have a wonderful friends from Colombia. Now it's a nice and safe country to visit. I don't know if you remember, we had a couple Colombians visit me and do an AFF course with Imajo, and I can't think of the other guy's right name right now. And so at our age, we remember Colombia as Colombia. That's it's an That's, effed up place, right? Yeah. And as a they, scary place to yeah. whoa, oh my gosh. So as they visited and told me the changes and the growth in Colombia. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what I picture is Venezuela becoming the next Colombia. I, I'm sorry to say you're the next no, no, Colombia. No, I know no, you no, are no. prettier and better. No, it makes sense in a way. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So I, I, I want to ask you a few more questions. I think we could talk about Venezuela probably for the rest of our lives. <laughs> but in particular, what else would you like people to know and understand about what's going on? Well, pretty much, uh, I think we cover everything, but... Uh, uh, just uh, no, pretty much that was it. I think uh, uh, just to raise awareness about uh, what 
the Venezuelan, the common Venezuelan person is struggling on the street. The 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 day day a day. What's what's what it is to live in Venezuela? You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's so hard because so you don't know if they're gonna kill you in the street, in a line just to get food that you're not gonna find or you're not gonna be, you don't have enough money to buy it, and if you get sick, you're not gonna have any any medic any uh, medicine to help you out. So it's a country that is dying, in a way. Not in a way, man. I watch these documentaries. It's dying. Yeah. And if we don't see a stop soon. Just because the few guys, they're supporting other kind of uh, yeah. things. We cannot let this happen. Guys, I don't necessarily know if it's the right word because I wouldn't qualify them as human beings. You call Ex them animals regularly. Exactly. Um, so now you move to, man, Nick's getting all sorts of food things. On you the hungry? Screen. Are, Are you hungry? hungry? Are you hungry? Um, uh, you want to eat arepas right now? <laughs> yes, I do. I would, if they were open still, I'd be headed this that way right after we're done. So what were you about to say, Mr. P? Oh, I was just, uh, I'm just posting in the comments about this, uh, <laughs> uh, restaurant I found. I just want to make sure I found the right one. Um, Vicky, which I believe is Dan, Daniel's wife, Vicky, um, Vicky Veros de Vanillas, Vinyls. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. uh, Roll, my friend, Panaderia. P A N A D E. Panaderia. Panaderia is the best one for Venezuelan breakfast. That's what I'm talking about. It's a bakery. It's a panaderia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they uh, bake uh, the bread and everything. Yeah, right there. That's so, one of the one of the places. The place that are. So you moved to America to escape all these things. And now we're going to kind of transfer, we're going to kind of translate the conversation back into this wonderful world of skydiving because I, I do like to share a little bit of that story because I, th I think you have a very blessed story. When you move to America, you move here as a businessman. You move here, man, a, an entrepreneur, I think would be a better word based mm -hmm. off the descriptions mm -hmm. of your life. And now you move here and you become a full-time skydiver. Yeah. Is it... Because it's your dream? Is it because it's just the easiest way to get in here? Why skydive for a well, living? Well, let now? me tell you. It's, it was since uh, since the first day that I was start, that I start skydiving. Carlitos on Facebook right uh, there now. There you go. <laughs> uh, Maria posted, and Maria, as Maria posted, goes, "This is Carlos, who I make fun of because he won't get on Facebook." <laughs> so chulito, orale. Yeah, homie, if you're using your wife's Facebook, you, you just gotta just make a profile, man. Something yeah. wrong about this we'll guy. Something some wrong stuff. about this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so you moved to. I'm sorry, I had to say hi to our boy. Since the first day I started skydiving, I always wanted to, you know, to leave and the drop zone to work as a skydiver. But I think I did everything in the opposite way. I started, you know, being a fun jumper for so many uh, uh, years. Of course, I started organizing mm -hmm. and organizing and organizing. And then after so many years, I decided to uh, become an AFF instructor. And then the tandem and a talented instructor. one at that. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You own it. <laughs> and a tandem instructor. And uh, one thing to, uh, brings another thing and end the story. I ended here uh, working for Spaceland. And uh, when we make the decision, I'm going to work in Spaceland after so many years and I'm going to work full time as a skydiver, which was a dream for a long time, but I know I need to do it because of the blah, blah, blah. Yes. 
So it, it almost became, it's my dream. It was my dream long time ago. But you're almost forced into your dream. Exactly. So it kind of sucks, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And so now you, you, you work part-time in skydiving and you no, try to yep. manage your businesses remotely. Uh, but uh, Nick kind of goes, one of the places I want to go with this, Nick just shared on Facebook, Big Way Camps with Raul. This, uh, mm. you, you have a diverse background in big ways. What's the biggest skydive you've been on? The biggest? Yes, sir. 259. 259. So to uh, all our skydiving friends, that's, that's something we understand. To non-skydivers, get 259 of your friends to all stand in a group together and hold hands in an organized fashion. Mm. I dare you. Mm. We can't get 259 of our friends to do that on the ground, but yet you've been in the sky with 259 of your homies. Yeah. Plummeting to the earth 120 miles yeah. an hour, holding their hands, going like, what's up, fellas? Actually, How you doing? Yeah, we were 300, but they were start cutting people. And uh, and then we went to 259. Uh, we completed, but it was not on time. At that point, it w uh, we need to hold it for three seconds. Where did this happen? Where in Chicago, the 1998, I believe. Oh, this is the time of old Sandy Wambach then. Yes. That was she that was record. My, she was my team captain. She was your plane captain. Plane captain. Was that the same event? Because that's, that's 98 is when Sandy exactly. went in. So Sandy yeah. Wambach is for people who don't... That was the second jump. I just yeah. met her, and uh, she, was, she was awesome. I said, well, I was excited. I had yeah. like a 400 jumps at that point, or 350 jumps, 400 jumps. And then... Uh, Phenomenal uh, skydiver. Oh, Forget yeah. The, yeah. the female word. Phenomenal skydiver. Yeah. In her yeah. day, one of the best known female skydivers. Yeah. And she had a free fall collision at this yeah. big way event. Yeah. And we can assume, had she had an AAD, she might still be hanging out today. They say, they say it. I don't know if it's true or not at yeah. that point. When I heard, I was a kind of rookie, you know, I was for a rookie, that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, they said it was, the rig was too small. But I don't know if that's true or not. If your rig is too small to cram an AAD in it, then uh, you can get a different rig. You yeah, can get exactly. Your, yeah, Whatever. Maybe, maybe you should have yeah. the right. So, so um, yeah, that was a 259. We couldn't hold it for uh, the, the three seconds. And then they start cutting more people. And then we ended doing the 246. And we held it for three seconds and something more. I, yeah, yeah, I read 246 way. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that, I was a brand new jumper. I started in 97. So this is some of my first exposures on 246 with it. So you were on that jump. Yeah. You were one of my first idols, dude. <laughs> really? Like when I was a brand new jumper, that was fresh. 246, we, oh my God, we yeah, set a world and record. I always remember every time when I, when I was in Chicago, they post the whole uh, formation. It's a big picture right there. And I always came and said, that? That's me right there. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. So you've got definitely, I mean, to be on some of the big ways is one thing. To be on the world records, and you're definitely top caliber big, big way guys, mm -hmm. especially with today's level of organization. That being said, here's Raul, who's been on world records. You've been on state records. You've been on national records. You've been on all of the above. But yet at Spaceland, you actually throw big way camps for beginners and people of all experiences levels, I think, will learn on your big way camps. Mm -hmm. What are you teaching at these camps? A lot of things, a lot of things. Uh, how to conduct yourself in big ways? Uh huh. Because this is when it start, how start learning, uh, looking by observing by listening. Um, how to fly in big ways? Uh, really good flying. It's just not flying. Uh, flying. How to proper uh, uh, get into the planes because it's not just one plane, right? Sure. Uh, how to exit <coughs> properly? different positions, 
how to uh, set up right there the door, sorry, how to exit, how to approach, how to dock, how to fly the formation, how to track, how to pay attention on, on the formation, how to be aware, how to anticipate, how to prevent uh, accidents or things that can may happen, how to fly your canopy under different circumstances, that's a good how one. to land canopies under different circumstances, because sometimes you land canopies when the first guy made a mistake and everybody's following that guy because the rule was there and everybody, you know? You got to learn to contend with that. Yeah. So it's a lot of things, a lot of things more than that. Of course, this is materially yeah. speaking. So to, just to be, uh, you know, a little bit more information and uh, people that are struggling with, you know, how to get there, given a little bit more um, perception and to slow down, you know, the cheap, like, okay, I need to do this. And now, okay, I got the concept. And I believe after they went to this big webcam, the guys really have a better perception, a better knowledge. When you have knowledge, you understand more. When you understand more, you perform better. Knowing to half the battle, G.I. Joe. Um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, I can never think that way. It's, so I, I, first of all, you've always had these big way camps on dates of conflict for me. <laughs> I have yeah. actually, I want to attend one of these. I plan on attending one of these. I just, most of my coaching on weekends is canopy coaching. That's when people want it. And it, it just works out that way. And it's hard to say, no, I won't do canopy coaching with you. You, you want to learn how to save your life better. I'm going to go do a big way camp. So I apologize. I want to be there. Mm -hmm. And I do plan on attending it. Recently at some of the free fly camps that we saw, I watched the free flyers talk about a Approaching the formation and I actually listened to a young free flyer and you might have been here for this conversation I think we had it with Ben go oh my god this is so revolutionary and like no it's not <laughs> we're doing it on a different access so I don't care what you're doing is any belly flyer I think if you go free fly or you go to this big way camp any belly flyer you're going to benefit not just in the big way world but I think your small formation skydiving is going to get that much better yeah. but free flyers if you one day think you want to be on a big way free fly you need to start at a camp like this man and Raul is going to teach you fundamentals. And the difference that changes from free fly big ways to belly big ways is the access we fly in. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some a little bit differences because like big head down, we approach it upside down mm -hmm. to what you approach it as, but we're still uh, approaching it. I want to do down. that. Really, yeah. I want to do that. You know, I, I was <laughs> Let's get you fun jumping, Raul. Let's get you free flying. Dude, get you some fun uh, jumping, man. These boys start did, dragging me out, man. Did, I, did Raul tell you that I took him to the tunnel a while back? Oh yeah, and uh, maybe this is what two months ago that we went and flew in the a tunnel. A little bit more than that. Like? More than two yeah, yeah he, dude, we put him in on his back and he was killing it right away. <laughs> like right away. He, I mean, I, I think some of it has to do with uh, your experience uh, with AFF stuff. No, yeah. no, no. But he man, needed the practice on backline. I, we talked no, about this. No, but work. we said just something for fun. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to the tunnel. Let's go. No, dude, said, he hopped right in. I, I think warmed up on your belly a little bit, right? Yeah. And then. We flipped him over to his back, and man, up and down turns. He was doing. He was doing awesome. That was before this, before uh, uh, the before the AFF course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you still suck that bad on your back. <laughs> well, that was that was the plan, right? <laughs> See, that's why he was so good at sucking at it because he had some practice. There you no, go. no, no. He he couldn't be as bad as we wanted him to be. That's why you were so stable on your yeah. back. Is the reality of it. I need to be in control on that because that was no normal yeah. for me. Normally, I ask an evaluator to roll over onto his back, and if they don't know how to backfly i'm like perfect because you'll be out of control 
<laughs> he rolled over on his back and he was relatively stable and wouldn't go out of control. And yeah. I'm like, well, you can get more violent. And then it started a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Kick yeah. those heels over and you're gone. Yeah, it's yeah, good. As soon as you get those heels turned over, <laughs> everything goes to hell. It's, it's God, a real I want to do that so badly. Just play bad He's student so, and so see how, like, what it really takes to lose somebody. Because I think I could do it. I think you can. I think you can. I, yeah. I think you can. The only real problem with acting like a bad student is you're the target of a meat missile going 150 <laughs> miles an hour. That's in our intro. But it's just one guy, though, right? I can elude one one dude in the no, sky. It can be two. You, you, it, well, A, it can be two in a course. Yeah. And you think you can elude one guy, but sometimes they just get the wrong angle. Uh, I'm going 150, 140 miles an hour on my back. I'm spinning at the same time. Yeah. So I'm constantly having to turn my head to track them and keep track of what's going on. And predicting their approach angle and predicting predicting their stop is hard. So you think they got the right line and the right angle that they're going to park next to you. But because you're revolving the whole time, you actually end up realizing they're coming straight at you, not right next to you where they're supposed to uh -huh. be. You're spinning around and you think they're going to stop in time. Because the difference between stopping in time and not stopping in time is inches. I want them to stop on me, literally in contact with me is so I want them to stop. So if they stop one second late, they have plowed right through me. So it's a matter of not necessarily being able to dodge them. It's a matter of having the, the stupidity or intestinal fortitude to <laughs> stick with it until they take you out. And I, I leave AFF courses regularly with bruises. But I tell uh, my candidates, you have two choices. You bruise me or the ground bruise me. Yeah. So back to the idea, <laughs> people need to... To take these big way camps, people need to get involved. Yeah. But I recently learned something new that you're going to be doing. Um, and, and, um, aren't you supposed to be organizing a boogie sometime soon somewhere outside of the United States, or did that already happen? Uh, that no, that was uh, in April, but I couldn't, couldn't, oh. couldn't. Yeah, that was the Pepe Island boogie. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it. I have so many things to do with my wife and kids that we couldn't. Uh, family get first. It. Yeah, family first. So yeah. Oh man, I, I say was yes, so and then stoked. I say to sorry guys, I'm not gonna make it. So next year, you're gonna try next to year. do that, Pepe yeah, Island boogie. Yeah, cool. yeah. But the things about this uh, big way canvas uh, is that it's not gonna. The way I approach it is not just do, by doing twenty ways or something. They're gonna learn how to do it, thinking about it's a one hundred way or a fifty way. You know, uh, thinking about that. So that's the way I approach. This uh, uh, seminar because it's five-hour seminar, mm -hmm. and uh, that's for me is the the part that I, I want them to put more uh, uh, focus, and then the, and then a a jumps that we're gonna pr practice a couple of basic things that are really really fundamental, really really nice, and uh, well I don't know if you you maybe you can ask uh, some people that are already been on my uh, on the on the camps and. Uh, how they're performing now, how the way they see the the B ways, and the, I can see it now. They do doing mentor jumps, they're doing organizing now, and it's 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 nice to see them how they are improving. It's nice because you get to see not only how they're improving, but you said it. They're organizing and they're mentoring. So now you've exponentially given back to the community, yeah. and I think that's important for for all of us exactly. in this room is giving back to our exactly. community. And the, you know, you and I we talked the other day about this. The goal for us is to share yeah. what we know in order for them to be better than us. Yes. Train your replacements is what I was taught. So number one, everybody I'm teaching, I'm teaching to replace me. 
and I want my replacements to be better than me. Mm-hmm. When uh, Jason Hyder first became the chief uh, instructor at Spaceland, he said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I, I don't know what I can do with support. And I told Jason, you have one thing I didn't have. And he said, what? I said, me. So that sounds a little bit egotistical, but the fact is, is when I became Spaceland's chief instructor, the prior chief instructor, uh, Daniel Raffaelli, moved on. So I had nobody to give me guidance or nobody to give me leadership to how to do the job for Spaceland. I had to figure it out on my own. When, when, when uh, Jason Hyder became the chief instructor, he got guidance from me. When Tommy Miller, today's chief instructor, became the chief instructor, he has guidance from both Jason and I. So Tommy should be way better, and, and quite frankly, I think Tommy's great chief instructor. I do think Tommy's a better chief instructor than I was, hands down. And, and I hope he's not listening to this because I do not need to stroke his ego at all. Um, what kids can do with 100 jumps today versus what we could do 100 jumps when we started jumping. What a difference. Oh, my gosh, yeah. When did you start jumping? When? Yeah, what year? 90, 1993. You're way older than me. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, let me tell you again. <laughs> I look younger than you. <laughs> Sick burn. So, hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs> Can you mute his mic? Can you turn it off? Oh, it's gone. <laughs> gone, gone already. He's Try and gone. say something. <laughs> no, really, you were muted. You, you, <laughs> you were doing that, but he really had you oh, really? down. <laughs> yeah, I watched him do it from over here. Um, um, what is color concept? Color, well, the event, concept. color concept. Yeah, well, tell oh me about my that gosh, event. You don't know about color concept? No, tell me about this event uh, and why and and why and how you chose to participate in it. Yeah, Daniel V is bringing it up. Uh, yeah, he's telling on you, bro. <laughs> Larry, Larry Bird. Oh, Jared, no. Uh, color concept was. Uh, uh, developed by Roger Ponce de Leon. Yeah, I remember that. All name. right, Roger Ponce de Leon was an amazing guy, organizer. I remember the events too. Yeah, he had these, these uh, different jumpsuits, different colors, like uh, pink, blue. Don't remember. Like maybe. that's the color of your pod. Is that is that? No, yellows. They had like a 20, 20 pink uh, uh, jumpsuits. 20 blue jumpsuits or 20 uh, yellow jumpsuits, uh, different colors, but same color, right? So if you want to participate in a color concept jump, you need to ask him or be invited by him. And he already had everything there, give you the jumpsuit, and you are part of this group with this color, and everything is like a, a color coordinated. Mm-hmm. So this part goes like that. It was beautiful. It was, you know... Um, so everybody with the same jump, with the same color of uh, jumpsuit, and it's like a kaleidoscope, you know? Yes. So he had that for so many years, and I was <coughs> able to jump with him for so many years doing color concepts. Uh, here in the States and also in Venezuela. In Venezuela, we did a color concept jump over La Tortuga. <coughs> Tortuga. Uh, I'm, I'm jealous already. <laughs> yeah. From an MIA helicopter. <laughs> Really? Yeah. We took off from the uh, Iguerote, which is, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't remember. It was like a 15-minute flight, something mm-hmm. like that. And we just, we were going to jump without uh, uh, watching the uh, area, landing area, but then it was like, okay, let's land. We land for a few minutes. We look around, 33-way. Most of, most of the people were Americans. I remember... Uh, Jerry Bird was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he was there, of course. A bunch of guys from Eloy, from Sebastian, and uh, John Robbins. I need to talk about John. John, my mentor, my friend. And uh, well, we went up and we made this beautiful jump over La Tortuga. I got pictures of it on my well, house. And my you friend. said a 33 way out of a helicopter? Oh, yeah. How big is this helicopter? Yeah, it's small, but we were standing up like a sardine. But, standing but you up. really had 30 people in a helicopter. Yeah, it holds like 40. It was one day we put 45. Jeez. So you say it's small, but it's not that small. It's, it's small, but you, it's, the problem is the capacity. Not the lift weight, you know? Okay. So it can lift whatever because it, it used to lift a tower. It's a sky hands. crane. Yeah. But so it's just fitting the people. Fitting the people was the problem. So 33 way was okay. But when we put 45, we were like a standing up like, like this. Like on a uh, uh, Chinese subway. Exactly. Like how they pack exactly. them in. Some, Ex someone was standing by the door shoving you guys in with their exactly. Why did you look at me when you said Chinese? Because <laughs> I didn't know to say Chinese or Japanese. I was like, oh, Chinese bigger. Exactly. So China pan. So we have a tailgate and we have two doors on the on the front, on the side. So we were jumping from the tailgate and also. <laughs> no, no, it was amazing. It was amazing. We did that in a um, Venezuelan boogie for five years straight. And um, we have so many. Well, you just added another layer onto my Tortuga fantasy. You got to get that helicopter back <laughs> out there. But we're not going to put 45 of us. Let's just go like, you <laughs> Let's know, do like 10. 20. <laughs> okay. I'll go 20. with 10. Sure. Whatever. So why does Daniel say, ask you how you were chose for that event? Is there a story to how you were chose or did he on just want that, to? On that, in that particular event, who's it's asking? Daniel V. Ah, uh, Daniel. So I'm going to ask Raul about how he was chose to participate in the color concept on and that one, what, yeah. On that one in particular, that was. It is a funny history with Jerry Bird. He says Larry Bird, but I'm thinking he means Jerry. It's Jerry Bird. Bird. Yeah, I'm Jerry, Jerry Bird, El Pájaro. <laughs> if I if if he's, I'm trying to remember what he's talking about. I remember. Uh, Take your pill. What? Ah, uh, the pill. Take your pill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember there is there was two stories. And the one that he's mentioned that uh, they already pick up who was going to participate for uh, the USA, and we they need uh, a few people from Venezuela, and they they were he was everybody was standing up, and I was there with my wife and another uh, uh, Latin uh, Venezuelan uh, skydivers, and Jerry was like mm -hmm. picking, you know. And he picked my wife, he picked me, he picked Julio, my friend, and another uh, another guys, and we were choose to just to go there and, and, and do the, the formation. It, it was it was good. And the other is uh, occasion with Jerry Bear was really funny. It was with a friend of mine that uh, Jerry Bear was going uh, back to back every year and uh, one day, a friend of us, we knew that Jerry was really famous, right? And Jerry was there, and uh, he knew, he uh, he know, uh, he saw my friend, and he said, Hey, Roman, how are you? And he came like, man, this guy recognized me. Wow. And we all say, of course, you were the only one who went low last year. 
That's, so you stood out because you screwed up is what he's basically trying to tell us. I was us. not going to forget you. <laughs> why has he got to tell on you? Why has he got to be like that? Huh? Well, why has Daniel got to tell on you, man? Why has he got to be like Daniel that? Daniel B? Yeah. He's got to make you tell your own stories, man. I don't know. I don't oh, know. No, Maybe it was funny to tell Oh, no, story. it's all in good fun. I don't mind doing that, man. Man, we've been here for for just over three hours. Really? Yeah. Wow. That we all say that every time, I believe. Yeah, it always <laughs> flies by. Yeah, especially with an, a, a topic that that is so so important, and the people of Venezuela, man, uh, guys, take some time, look up what's going on in Venezuela, read these reports, look at these videos Mr. P has posted, Google these videos we've talked about. If you're not sure of them, send Mr. P, send send Raul a message, send myself a message. I think, Nick, you've got something about a bakery going on over here. Oh, yeah, it's just a, uh, this is the bakery that they were talking about, Chocolate. Yeah. Is the, is that, that's the one, Raul? Uh-huh. Yeah, we're going. Dude, so click on uh, yeah. Well, anyways, we'll talk about this later. What, you want to look at? So you want to talk about looking at some pastries I right want now? Some food I right now, man. We'll look at food porn all day. Oh, dude. So so much for this. Like last week, we had Jeremy Foster on the podcast. We talked about nutrition and health the whole time. And now I'm looking at this going, <laughs> you Jeremy Foster. This this looks way too good. Um. People, look into this. Understand it. If you don't understand it, I guarantee you, if you send Daniel and Gulo a message, Daniel will be happy to help you find these resources. If you send Raul, myself, Gravity Lab, Nick Law, um, a message, we're going to be happy to help you guys also, find another Also, ship. Pedro, Pedro Ramos. Pedro Ramos. Uh, Carlos. Uh, Carlos who? He doesn't have Facebook. <laughs> but uh, Well, but contact him if yeah. you see it, and he will he will uh, willing to, to, you know, Contact him, contact everyone. Every yeah. if Vladimir you Sandoval, Daniel Raffaelli, Daniel Raffaelli, yeah, Mariuska, uh, all of the Venezuelan guys that were here, Ivan, Musnego, uh, yes. all of us, oh, yeah. uh, love uh, that man. his wife, every single one here. If you want to help, contact us. We we help you to to do your donations and uh, to help Nick, our Nick, can you give us the name of that guys. organization one more Sal time? Oh, now, now you're asking me to scroll. Saludos. Yeah, I'm going to get it. Raul knows. What was it? Saludos, uh, Venezuela. Saludos, Venezuela. I'm shocked you actually don't have one of those 5,000 tabs you have opened on your browser still open to their website. Hey, it was there. So, um, no, because he went to the bakery <laughs> instead. Saludosconnection.org. Saludosconnection.org. Saludos, S-A-L-U-D-O-S. Saludosconnection.org. Check them out, man. We can help these they people just, out. They just uh, sent uh, medicine, not food. They just sent medicine, not food. And let's be real, the medicine is just super important right super now. Super important. Them. Super, super important. Yeah. Find out what you guys can do. Um, we're kind of closing this out. Anything else you want to share about Venezuela or your story right now? Well, just that's what we are been saying here. Uh, just uh, raise awareness. Uh, share our post. Uh, uh, contact us if you want to help. And uh, thank you so much for this opportunity to tell our story. I'm here uh, because my story is the same story of all my Venezuelan friends. And uh, thank you, Nick. Thank you, um, DJ, for this wonderful opportunity. It's sad for me to tell uh, about what's going on in Venezuela, but I consider it a wonderful opportunity to... Uh, uh, tell the world to tell you guys to to s have a little bit of knowledge about the beautiful and um, wonderful country that is Venezuela. 
and uh, I'm I'm pretty sure one day we're gonna have the opportunity to go there and uh, have a beautiful time eating beautiful food with nice people, warm people, and uh, and uh, spend a wonderful time there with the marvelous uh, views and. Uh, Places that we have there. I look forward to that day. Y todas chicas bonitas. Y las chicas bellísimas <laughs> que bellísimas. tenemos en Venezuela. Preciosas todas. Okay. Las mujeres venezolanas que son bellísimas todas. Okay. It's, it's not about all the, the pretty women, girls. All the beautiful women that all of the, all of them are beautiful. Dude, outside and inside. South American <laughs> women are in general beautiful in all aspects, yeah. outside and inside. Yeah. Uh, Mr. P, anything else you want to add to this conversation? No, man, uh, I just want to say thanks to Raul for being here. And uh, I really don't think, I mean, I have a handful of Venezuelan friends, right? And I don't think I really had a, a full grasp on what the you know the conflict was and how severe the situation is. And um, I mean, my thoughts are with you guys. And uh, I'm, I'm happy that, I mean, I really hope that this helps, even if it gets you know just a little bit of, uh, of help and donations going that way. It, uh, I think Pedro was the first Venezuelan I saw after I had watched all this stuff, and he came in, and it was like I almost felt like this deeper connection with him after knowing all this stuff. Like, this is what your home looks like right now. This is crazy. So, uh, yeah, it, it makes my heart really sad to, to see that stuff going on and know that's connected to your life. But uh, my Venezuelan friends are some of the kindest people that I've ever known. Like, all of you guys are super sweet, really yeah. loving, really big hearts. And uh, man, anything we can do to to help out you you guys and your families that are still there, man, I I would love to do that. Thank you. I'll remind people, man, one and a half years worth of wage to supply one month of food. The leading country for requests for U.S. asylum is only thirty one million people in Venezuela. That's how bad it is. Nick, if you want to go ahead and start that music, closing out this. Hey, don't be... tell. I'm. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> Nick, hit my music. I've always wanted to be able to say, Nick, hit my music. <laughs> so <laughs> I normally close this uh, podcast with the. Uh, you want to unplug the speaker don't on tell me the? What to do. No, 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 no. On the bottom of the iPhone there. I normally close the podcast with Blue Skies. This is DJ. But tonight I'm going to pl- close the podcast with an excuse me if I pronounce this right. Viva Venezuela Libre. Free Venezuela, and Venezuela unida por el cambio. Venezuela unida por el cambio. Venezuela united for change. Guys, gals, thank you for joining us. Peace and love. Free Venezuela. Free Venezuela. <laughs>